Warning, the following content may contain elements that are not suitable for some audiences. Viewer discretion is advised. Live from NYC, human suplex machine, the one and only king. They stream it and they scream, it's the Taz Show. Everybody hacking, everybody just wants more with the action. Hip-hop Jones got the music blasting, better watch out, it's all he's asking. Over like bro, but he keeps it real, he's no joker. Original, he's no poser, no competition, he's the owner. There I'm moving speakers closer, cause it's time to tune in to the Taz Show. All right, all right, a little late, a little tardy, a little tardy. We were dealing with uh, testing, make sure everything was good, testing stuff out. That's what we do here. We test, we make sure. There's no tomfoolery. Nobody was screwing around. That's not how it works. We're testing things. Constantly testing, constantly making sure everything's good to go. Welcome to the Taz Show, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, I am your host, Taz, and this is a Thursday edition of the Taz Show, and welcome to the show. Appreciate you guys jumping on. Talk a little NXT. Uh, uh, Not a lot of NXT, unless you guys want to talk NXT. I caught the first match of NXT. There was a lot of update packages on this NXT, but I digress. We'll get to that. We got the phone call. The phone lines, I should say, are lit up. Lighten up already so you can call the show if you'd like. I'll get to that in a second. Uh, Thank you for listening at uh, TazShow.com, or maybe you're watching live at TazShow.com. I appreciate that. (coughs) Excuse me. Maybe listen to the audio on demand at uh, play.it, iTunes, Spotify, tune in. Thank you, thank you, and thank you for that. Appreciate the support. Spread the word of the show. Love that, too. Maybe you're watching the show live at TazShow.com, or maybe you are watching the VOD there. Whatever way you're doing it, you're pulling the show into your body, into your heart, into your mind. That is called being over. Thank you for being over. We over. Yes. So, uh... What else we gonna do? We have a little house cleaning here shortly. And I gotta take my vitamins because I forgot to do that because I wanna be healthy and be here, make it to the show next week. I take this one vitamin here, this one little vitamin, and I live forever. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, welcome to Biz Dev Guy of the Show. Uh, his name is Dennis. Timber! Good moment back to you. How's that intro? Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Okay, great. You went to the Yankee game yesterday. I did, yes. Big story from there. We're going to talk about that in a second. Uh, house cleaning's got to happen. Phone calls, I mentioned that. If you want to call the show, very simple process. Attention hotline fans. All you got to do is dial 866-475-2948. That's an 866-475-2948. Yeah, a little frazzled today. We're very busy. A lot going on. Very, very busy. A lot of people here in the studio behind the scenes, as you know, Dennis. A lot of people are checking up on the show. Uh, okay, what's going on? We're hearing a lot of yelling out of this, this area. And so they're checking everything out early in the morning here or early in the moment. Uh, house cleaning, I guess, is something that needs to happen before I get rolling with the show. So let's do that in a three and a two and a one. It's time for Taz to do some house cleaning. Oh, okay. Tidying let's, let's start up this all whole the schmucks. We got sticky, we got let, sticky boards well, over here. Get the friggin' sh- uh, frosted sugar off your fingers. Okay, and that's why, because you're eating too much sugar. Clean the board. <laughs> we we need one of those. Um, you need alcohol? Yeah, I got the gimmick. No, right. no, no, definitely not that. Right. The the air thing with the like the WD forty uh, can. I know. Shoot air jokes. Yeah, 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 yeah. I we know what it is. I'm very, I'm very well familiar. I mean, we also need another uh, a new audio producer. But I digress. <laughs> uh, uh, let's do a little house cleaning in the three, two, one. 
It's time for Taz to oh, do some house cleaning, tidying up all the schmutz and other bullshit <laughs> on the Taz Show. All right, so here we go. So, uh, sad news, Joe's sad news, Joe. Damn it. Sad news, Jones, for you guys, because Boathouse, no more. Yesterday was the last day. It's gone. No more Boathouses. Uh, thank you for everybody who purchased it, but there was no more available. You cannot, you cannot order. Well, they're available. They're custom, but you just can't order them from my stuff anymore. So that ended yesterday. I want to let you know that. Okay, so uh, thank you for all the people who purchased them. They're going to take a few weeks to get, probably a lot of weeks to get. They take they take quite some time, but we're getting to the warm months anyway, the summer. It's okay, but what, here's the beauty for all of you people who purchased the custom boathouse. This is the beauty, my friends. This is why I'm a strategic sensei. I have done a lot of business with the boathouse jobbers, so I understand the deal, and they take a long time to make them. They notice how I tell you it takes a long time to make them, after you buy it. Ha <laughs> yes. You notice that? Yeah, that's called bait and switch. Well, not really. I don't know if that's called bait and switch. Is that bait and switch? That's called a work, right? What is that called? Not bait and switch. Kayfabe, maybe it's called. I'm just yeah, kayfabe. K-word. K-wording everybody, yes. So here's the thing. No, I'm joking about kayfabe, you guys. But the, the, the thing is, I, I like to drop them either during the summer, like you guys could buy a boathouse, or right before the summer. Because I do know they take, I don't remember what it says on the website, something like six weeks to get or something like that, seven weeks. Takes some time. But when the fall comes, it's a little brisk out. And you're going to maybe a, a, you know, your kid's football game. You're going to watch an NFL game or a college game. Or you're going to watch whatever other fall sport you enjoy. It's a little nippy out. Maybe you like to walk around the park like Dennis does with his roommate. He walks around the pond and the seagulls fly around him and they on him. That kind of thing. Maybe that's what you're into. But you get the boathouse on there. So you look good. So you'll have this for the nights when it gets a little chilly out. And then even when it gets even colder out, you wear it with a hoodie underneath it or something like that. Or maybe you you don't feel the cold. And you just wear this boathouse in the winter. Whatever floats your boat. I don't give a rat's ass. I'm just letting you know that it will take several weeks until you get it. And you will be happily, happily surprised when you receive it. Okay? So that's the deal on the boathouse. Now, and now here's the good news. Out with one item, in with the other. Okay, new item, new item, new T-shirt will drop, a new Taz Show shirt. I don't think we've ever done a We Over shirt, and uh, we are dropping it. So there it is right there. This will be available at Pro Wrestling Tees. We Over, there it is. It drops, leave that up for a second, Ant. It drops um, this uh, this coming Tuesday, right after Memorial Day, which, by the way, we'll have no show on Monday. Uh, we'll get into that, too. That's part of house cleaning. Uh, I don't know if the crew here realized that. I just realized it, but we'll be not working, so I got an email. So uh, here you go. This T-shirt now, this We Over shirt, is legit. Now, if you notice, the banner logo is similar to the, the prototype navy blue nub shirt I had that some folks like. So I wanted to go with something using that same effect, that banner Jones, and We Over, okay, uh, underneath the words We Over in a banner, it says The Taz Show, and it says NYC in like an old English lettering. So uh, this is now, clo- no, no clo- you could go to Clothesline not to get this, but you can still get Taz Show apparel at Clothesline.com. I, a lot of my apparel for the show and my old school Taz apparel is l- living at Pro Wrestling Tees. So now there's a lot of different wrestlers uh, items on Pro Wrestling Tees. What I urge you to do, you know, because it could be a little overwhelming when you go to the website. There's a lot of stuff on the website, a lot. You go to Pro Wrestling Tees, if you want to go right to my store, which I would appreciate you doing, 
go to the search bar and just type in TAZ. And then you'll see a picture of me, an old picture when I was in really good shape. And you click on that picture and that'll take you into my store. And there's some items there that maybe some of you didn't even know were there. Some old, old school Taz shirts or new school, old school Taz shirts. And then there's the Taz show shirts. But this new We Over shirt will drop there on Tuesday. So uh, keep an eye on the social media and I'll let you know exactly when it drops. Dennis, I know you were very uh, happy with this. Uh, you thought this was a cool shirt when I sent you the prototype artwork. You did yesterday, and I said, I was like, hey, man. Yeah. Nice looking shirt. I mean, all your shirts are of high quality. Well, this one really jumped out at me. Got to clear it with you, the biz dev guy. Got to make sure everything's good. Don't want no problems with you, because then you'll run to the office and stooge me off. Taz, Taz, got a shirt, and he didn't clear it with me. Okay. That's my move. That's, what you, that's, your, that's your gimmick. Yeah, so there you go. Uh, that's all. Uh, that all lives in the house cleaning right there, kids. Uh, what was the other thing? Oh, so now you went to the Yankee game yesterday. So I'm just curious. Uh, as you know, and I know, the Yankees did win, and my Mets lost, and I'll get to that in a minute. What your um, uh, people on hold, I'll get to you. At this Yankee game, were there any incidents, any problems? When when you asked, you were like, "Hey, can we talk about the game?" I said, "Yeah." And then, I I went with with uh, it was me and five friends, and they're all friends from back home, so we've known each other a long time. Yeah. Uh, the naturally we we enjoyed some adult beverages. Ooh, shocking. So. Things got a little, things got a little off the rails. What'd you eat? <laughs> well, That's, I know you're gonna get to that. There's gotta be a hot dog in, in, involvement. I always, well, rule number one with any Yankee game for me, I always get street meat outside the stadium. <laughs> ah, gotta go street meat right yes. off the bat. So guy. I do the old. Uh, it's traditionally five dollars. So what I do is I, I put a couple singles in my pocket and you do the old haggle. Hmm. Gotta haggle with them. Yeah, that's a gentleman that you are. Oh yeah, smart man. Because <laughs> it, it's a ripoff. Street meat. It typical, typical New York. Oh yeah, very oh, yeah. smart. Oh, yeah. So then I get in the stadium and I'm enjoying some adult beverages and my buddies start to egg me on where <laughs> we're, we're sitting in the bleachers in right field and the guy in front of us, the, uh, the Yankees do this... They have this bucket where they fill it with fries and then you get like eight chicken fingers on top and it's like 20-something dollars. Wait, so you buy it at the concession stand yeah. or you can get it to the guy walking around best, and you just order it? Best bang for your buck. Um, they have a guy walking around stands you can order it, right? I don't think, I mean, I don't think a vendor has it. Well, I think you have to order it from the... Uh, Sorry, I was talking. Uh, where, where, <laughs> it's my show. Okay, This is not Dennis Goes to the Yankee Game show. Dead Air Jones. I had a point to make. Okay. At City Field, when you go to a Met game, we're a little more high road than the Yankees, as you know. Agreed. And... I also don't sit in right field like a jobber. Okay. Yeah. There you go. Rolling. Once you get into co-host mode, ah, you don't worry about the audio. Oh, yeah. You notice that, A-Ant? You notice once he's in co-host mode, he, dude, he don't care about the audio. Just mails it in. Oh, just just a show. So at City Field, and Ant's a Met fan. He can attest to this. We have people that walk around, and you could place your order for maybe an item. Is this not true, Ant? Yeah, we are very classy yes. down in Queens. Yes, we and are. we have a better uh, selection of food. You go. We are very classy out in Queens. That's an oxymoron. But yes, we do. We do have a better selection. I think at City Field and Yankee Stadium. My kid's a Yankee fan, and, and my son, and he's been to Yankee Stadium a bunch, and he's been to City Field, and I think he would agree, even though he's a Yankee fan, that the Mets at City Field we got better option on food. Anyway, continue with your story that you were just I would agree failing at. No, it, so. 
the guy in front of us has the bucket, and it's uh, he's he's ate all but one half of a, of a chicken finger left. So you don't know this guy. Don't know him at all. Okay. And now my buddies are, are like, hey man, we need some fries. You didn't ask, bro. No, I didn't ask at all. Okay. So when he's looking away. I start pocketing. I reach in front of me. I start grabbing. Oh, you're taking the guy's hand. You don't even know this guy. <laughs> no, no. How man. many beers did you have in you? Seriously. For you to do this, you had to have a few beers in you. What an idiot. I was just pocketing, and then I was wearing oh. a hoodie. Please tell just... me it wasn't a Taz show hoodie. No, it Please. wasn't. It wasn't. It Thank wasn't. God. You I... stop. Oh, boy. I just don't start... represent my show doing that. I just start putting him in my pouch. <laughs> oh, Lord. And I'm handing out God. fries to my buddies. Now, this guy turns to go look at his bucket, and it went from, like, three quarters full to, like, <laughs> notice, like, there was a noticeable absence of french fries. <laughs> so he, like, looks around. Bro, I just see you meat sausage <laughs> finger jaws. <laughs> I was like, I was like a backhoe. I just was like, crunch. <laughs> I just put him in my pocket. Oh, my God. And then I'm just handing him out, and my buddies are dying. Oh. And and the guy's looking around like, where do these fries, like, where do they have kids, right? The guy, he was, no, he was, he was, he was around my age. And Don't ever do that if someone's with kids. That's no, no, no. I never take food from a and child. And don't take a bite out of some kid's shoder either. Whatever you do, well, get hungry. I've had a history of that. I know you have to eat. You're hungry. That's um, my yeah, hot so dog. So you stole the guy's food. Uh, yeah, I took. Okay. And then, so then he bought peanuts later in the <laughs> night. <laughs> my buddy, my buddy's like, I really want some peanuts. And I was like, Oh well, you know what you got to do. So the, you know, there's a fly ball hit to left field. Everybody looks up. My buddy just takes the bag and he starts dumping oh peanuts. We took. That's a loser. We took. Oh yeah, we took all this guys. We robbed them blind. Oh. I felt terrible <laughs> afterwards. No, yeah, I, I didn't. don't blame it was, you. It was. Oh. Dude, you got to get your race. That's the problem. I'm serious. Hey, chap shooter in North Carolina, you want a Taz show? What's up? Good moment. How you doing, buddy? Doing good. How are you? Good. I'm sorry, popping my pants down. <laughs> Excuse I, me. I was I was chewing. I was chewing on a. Um, Wait, hold on. So you chew when your pants are down? Is that what you're saying to me? Yes. Okay, so you basically sit in your kitchen when you, it's time to eat. You drop your trousers and you start eating. That's what you do. All right, whatever. Everybody has these weird things about them. I mean, whatever. That's fine. No problem. We still love you. What's going on, buddy? All right. Um, I was wanting to talk to you about. Well, I was wanting to give you two suggestions on off the hook. So I was wanting to talk to you about the evolution of promos. Go ahead. Let's do the uh, suggestion. Oh, oh. Well. No. Victim of. Partial dead hand. Chap no shooter, that was that. I'll take the heat for that. There's there's actually two open lines you could try and call back, chap shooter. Hot damn it! I don't know what the hell happened there. Just uh, clump hand Jones. Holly in Michigan, uh, you are on the Taz show. What's up, man? Hey, not much, dude. How you doing? Dude, uh, doing good. Okay, talk to me. I got two things about the Undertaker. Go for it. If he comes back to the WWE. Do you think he'll show up as Mark Calloway or as The Undertaker? Uh, I think he, that's a layup. He definitely will be Mark Calloway. No, no, no. Will you stop? No, he'll, he'll be The Undertaker. Why would he be Mark Calloway, bro? Seriously, why would you think that? Because he retired the gimmick. And oh, he also stop. retired as no, Undertaker. No, 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 no. He'd be The Undertaker. Come on. Holly, you're better than that. Really. Yeah. No, no. no he, <laughs> yeah, what's the second one? How soon does he go into the Hall of Fame? I'd say probably next. I'd probably the next uh, WrestleMania, the next, uh, when is that, in the spring? 
the next time they do it, where I don't know, where's WrestleMania going to be? Anybody know? I don't even know. New Orleans. New Orleans. New Orleans. Yeah. yeah, it don't matter where they do it. Put Undertaker in it. I see that that's what they would call first ballot. Put him in it. You know, I'd say he goes in it right away, right out of the box. Uh, that's what I say. Thank you, Holly, for calling. I appreciate it. Hey, uh, Chap Shooter. Uh, sorry, that was my fault. What's going on, buddy? So tell me your uh, off the hook idea. All right. Um, I was wanting to do soda off the hooks. Okay. Cuts of steak off the hooks. Okay. I like soda off the hook. Cuts of steak's a little rough. Um, it's beef, so Dennis will be involved. Um, he's a big meat eater, as he loves the meat. Uh, mm-hmm. He loves meat, yeah. So, and he also loves stealing people's French fries. All right. And the soda's off the hook is not bad. And what's your uh, thing about promos? All right. So, you probably noticed from when you were. Kid Crush all the way up to the Human Suplex Machine. You're probably your promos probably have changed a bit because yes of your target audience of what you're going at. Well, no, I, I, to be honest, because of my ability. Uh, when I first started, I sucked, so I had to really yeah. work. No, seriously, you know, I had to practice and get better. But but of course, yeah, your audience is a big part of it too. But getting better, the evolution of getting better and working at it. Because uh, like, for a big chunk, when I was a Tasmaniac, I didn't talk at all. That was part of the reason why I got the gimmick. I didn't want to talk. When I was doing the kid crusting, I didn't think I was that good of a talker. I was green. You know, I didn't, I, you know, I, it just wasn't there. I didn't know what I was doing, you know. Well, that's how it is when everybody starts, really. I mean, everybody's green and don't know what Well, what and a lot, really. of, unfortunately, a lot of these guys start and they're on NXT. I mean, that that's a problem. Yeah. So that's... Where, but WWE does a good job of trying to hone that in. They don't just put people out there to fail. So I guess they work with them and practice them. But anyway, so what, what, what's your point about promos? All right, so I was wondering, like, how different it was to go from cutting a promo in front of a gymnasium and trying to draw the local crowd and as far as also cutting either heel or babyface promos in a ring, you know, with your target audience being the locals and versus going in front of a nationwide audience with millions of people watching around the world and what the difference is like as far as cutting promos because it seems like it would be different because it's more of a personable experience inside the gymnasium compared to you know millions of people watching and you're trying to appeal to everyone well you you are exactly right chap shooter for sure thank you for calling and i'll i'll handle that right now for you buddy so here's the thing uh, to your point it's definitely more intimate when you're in a gymnasium or, or, or a uh, armory or wherever, you know, cutting a promo. But <laughs> as intimate as it would be in that gymnasium or armory or community college or bingo hall, the, inti- the intimate feel would change in that promo if there's a camera broadcasting live or being taped for television. Then it changes, in my opinion, because now you're not talking to the people in that armory in that gymnasium in that community college you're talking to that camera lens and you got to really think of well it could be a gigantically vast audience out there so i need to just focus on keeping my promo a little bit less uh more more, less generic i should say Uh, i'm sorry more generic i should say and less regional or less uh, intimate or less in-house now if you're in a big building it's the same thing. I could be cutting a promo uh, in L.A. at the Staples Center for if I was in WWE. But if it's a, it's a live event and I got I to gotta get heat and I'm a heel, then I'll go on there and, and I'll bury L.A. I'll bury their sports teams. I'll bury L.A. I'll, I'll do that whole thing. It's cheap heat. It's easy. It's been around forever. But if there's a camera there, I, I don't care about L.A. I'm to- totally ignoring L.A. 
You know, I got to talk to the camera lens. I got to talk to the to the masses, as we would say. So I think that's that's uh, it's a good call by a uh, good phone call by you, that chap. Shoot both of them. <laughs> that was funny, but get it. Uh, but um, yeah, the the promo style I think would stay the same. The content, the 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 verbiage would change, depending on if there's a broadcast going on or not. And you know, so it, it, it's all about the camera. It's all about the reach, as we, as I would call it, as some would call it in the radio business, the reach. Okay, it's the potential. Who are you reaching? You know, if you're in the Staples Center, well, and it's sold out. It's a house show, live event. Right, sold out, whatever. It's fifteen thousand people. It's a lot of people. I'm still going to keep that intimate, and I'm going to bury the Clippers, or I'm going to bury whoever. You know, um, the Dodgers. You know, I, I'm going to bury the local sports teams. Now. If I'm in an armory in Queens and there's a camera, I'm not going to bury the Mets. I'm not going to talk about the Mets. I'm going to keep my promo bigger. Dennis, that all makes sense what I just laid out for you there? Yes, that actually was insightful. I like the way you worded that. Don't sound so surprised. Andreas in Sweden, you are on the Tad Show. Good moment, Tad. Good moment, Lumberjack. Good moment, my friend. Uh, I just have a a question about uh, the Miz. Uh, I just want to say uh, I want to thank you for uh, for the show. I love it, and I try to uh, uh, listen live as much as I can. Okay, sounds good. Uh, Andres, what does it have to do with the Miz? That's what I'm wondering. Uh, nothing. But uh, my question is: <laughs> since, uh, hold on, wait. You did start this convo saying the word Miz. Oh, did I, Dennis? Did he not? Because I've been hitting. Maybe I'm wrong, bro. Did you say Miz? <laughs> You did. He did. He did. did. Okay. Andreas, how many concussions have you had? No, I'm kidding. Uh, Thank you for the comments, uh, but continue, Andreas. I'm busting your balls. Go go for it. Uh, I think uh, when uh, The Miz was at SmackDown, I think uh, it was a lot better. Uh, He had great angles with, you know, Daniel Bryan and uh, Ziggler and John Cena. And I don't think he's, uh, I don't don't know how to word it, but... uh, I don't think he he's been booked the same way in in the Raw. What do you think about it? Um, you know, I understand what you're saying. I think some people might agree with that. Um, I, I look at Miz right now. Uh, I don't I don't agree all the way what you said. I think he's been in some great angles and stuff like that. But he's in he's you know he's he's getting a shot in Baltimore at Extreme Rules. You know, for the IC title. Against Dean Ambrose, I feel like him and Dean have had a long angle from SmackDown segueing into Raw. I'm not a fan of that. I think they should have went a different way with Miz instead of going with a guy that he's already been in an angle with. You know what I mean, Andres? Um, yeah, I agree exactly. Same thing as SmackDown. He already did it. Correct. But but the thing, Andres, you got to think about is he's still getting an opportunity, meaning Miz to do what he does so well, and that's perform. He's a great performer physically, and he's a great performer verbally. And they're giving him a lot of mic time, which I think is the money for this guy. You know, as long as he gets his mic time, he'll do his thing, you know, and he gets over. He does. So, you know, I, I that part, um, I'm cool with it. I mean, I really am. I mean, I, I would have liked to have seen him maybe in a different angle on the Raw brand. Uh, um you know, it's tough. You got guys like Austin Aries, who's tremendous, you know, but he's he's a cruiserweight. He, I'd love to see Austin Aries because he's such an, uh, a witty speaker, talker. I know he's a 205 or cruiserweight guy, but he's hemmed in there, which I think stinks in a way. I'd love to see him in Miz at an angle. I think that'd be great. 
just those two guys bobbing on the mic, I think would be great. And and physically, I, no one's ever. I don't think it's ever happened. Miz and Austin Aries has it. I don't think so, ever. Right. So uh, I, I just no, say I, I haven't heard about it. Yeah, uh, I like uh, I love the combination with the Miz and uh, Maurice. I think they're really good. Oh no, I think that's awesome. I'm a huge fan of those two together. Huge fan of Maurice for sure. Uh, Andreas, thank you very much for calling. Definitely. Totally agree. Totally agree. Uh, let me take a look here. But give Miz a chance there, man. It's, you know, they'll, they'll book him better. He's so talented. They keep him on the show. So, you know what? They, they, they're going to push him. And as long as you're on TV, you get to push. I always say that. As long as you're getting good TV time. And he gets a lot of good TV time, Miz. So, give that a chance. I'm looking at the gimmick chat right now. And you guys could do that. Over at the... Uh, I'm going to go to break here in a second. Actually, we're going to go to break here very soon. Uh... Over at uh, TazShow.com, you guys can interact with each other there. Log in with your Twitter, your Facebook, your YouTube, many of your social media accounts, and um, see some of the people on there. I see, uh, you know, a lot of the usual suspects on there. I uh, see uh, Wayne Noon has a nice comment. Uh, Taz, ECW promos were the best. Oh, thank you, sir. I appreciate that very much. I see uh, our friend Montclair St. Clair on there. Say Mets fan. Yes, I'm a Mets fan, too, and... Somehow we managed to lose a game with bases loaded and no outs in the bottom of ninth inning as we're home. And we were down by a run, and we lost the game. I'll talk about that on the other side of break. And I'll give you my thoughts on uh, Alistair Black from NXT. And the commentary during his match was interesting when he wrestled Hawkins. Taz Show, sit tight. Featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. All right, we are back here, Taz Show. This is a Thursday edition of the show. Going to talk a little bit about the beginnings of NXT, and uh, I didn't get a chance to see the whole show. I know a lot of people have uh, a call on the show right now. They're on hold. If you want to call the show, you can call it. 866-475-2948. We're live right now. And, uh... What do you call it? I was talking earlier about the Mets as we went to break. That my Mets just... Bases loaded. Nobody out. Down by a run. Which we were beating the Padres earlier in the game. So the Padres, let's be honest, suck. And we can't beat them. And we're, they make a comeback. Because our pitching middle relief sucks Jones. And then the friggin... We're losing by a run, bases loaded, bottom of the ninth, Mets are home, no outs, Grandison's at bat, strikes out. The guy looked like he'd never held a bat in his life. The guy's been playing baseball for 25, 30 years, 50 years, whatever long. Guys, Grandison played everywhere, every team everywhere. Strikes out. It looked like a, just a goof the way he struck out. And then we end up, somebody else, his name Rivera, somebody else struck out. I don't know what how the last out. It was a, and a pop out to the right field, I think it was. Well, left field, I can't remember. One of those fields. I was falling asleep. I don't remember. Miserable. Lose the game. Bases loaded in the wilds. I text you on that. Remember that, Dennis? I did. I felt bad because I just, I had just gotten home. Yeah, you had a toy. I just got back from the Yankee game. Yeah, I know. I know. They won. Thanks, Dennis, for telling me. I didn't, I didn't say that. I just yeah. said I got back from the game. Yeah, yeah. A little overview. I, I, I had a belly full of French fries. <laughs> yeah, of someone else's fries. Anyway, so NXT. Uh, so, <laughs> I caught the... Um, I, the, the very beginning of the show, which I thought was cool, it did a good package for NXT TakeOver from Chicago. 
at from the Allstate Arena, and they would, you know, this show was taped. This particular NXT event last night that aired uh, on the WWE Network was taped at the Allstate Arena in Chicago, um, which looked great, and the audience was great. Chicago is one of the better wrestling towns in the country, in the world for for years. That's one of the places I loved to work when I was a wrestler. So loved work in Chicago. Always just like great, great audience. Uh, and I had a certain love for them. They loved me. So I, I, I will I'll love me some Chi-Town wrestling fans. I'll tell you that. But anyway, so what happens is they start this thing off with a couple of, you know, a big long package of NXT TakeOver, which was cool, well-produced as usual, great stuff. But they had a new open NXT. Now, if this aired last week, I didn't see it, uh, but I didn't catch a lot of NXT last week. But this open was awesome. Dennis, I know you didn't see it, correct? Correct. Um, this open, you got to take a look. It's really, really, it's better than the other one. The music's awesome in it. Uh, everything flows great. I love it. I love the open. And speaking of great music, uh, Alistair Black kicked the show off. This young man is a guy, I think he's from Holland, who's making a lot of noise uh, in NXT and in the wrestling business. A very talented guy. Uh, very unique talent. He's different. He's original. Um, as far as I know, I mean, maybe, maybe he hacked someone. I don't think he did because I, I don't know anyone. Uh, maybe he did. Who knows? There's a lot of independent wrestlers out there, but I'm not saying the guy did that. He seems like he's kind of uh, in his own lane, very original. Um, the music they have for him is perfect for him. It's like this heavy, like, uh, not, not like, like a metal. I don't know if they still call it metal or death metal. I don't know what you call it. Is it called death metal still? Or is that old? I think people still say death metal. And. You're younger than uh, this guy. Well, what kind of metal? Uh, what, what kind of, what's the cool metal? What are the guys listening to now today? Uh, I guess that would be heavy metal. Um, heavy metal. That was around the 80s. What are you talking about heavy metal? Uh, that's... Heavy metal! I wouldn't say it's like death metal. It's definitely not like screamo, but... What's like... What's the name of the metal? Is it like... Well, that would be screamo when they're like... Yeah, it's... <laughs> like that. Yeah, yeah. Wow, you know... Dennis, I didn't realize that Ant he actually, actually has do, a really good metal voice. He could voice. do like, I'm going to eat your dog's belly. That's just him talking. I'm going to eat a your dog's belly. <laughs> I'm going to eat your dog's belly. That's Ant's new song. I'm going to bite his belly. I'm Alistair Black and I eat dog's bellies. That's Ant he's singing it. <laughs> oh, man. Jeez. Oh, boy. That was a heavy one for real. That's not even him going deep. That's just him That's natural. That's just him talking to somebody in the studio. What the hell? They call me the Shockmaster. Anyway, so uh, so what happens is this Alistair Black, his music is awesome. I mean, it fits him perfect. You know, it's really cool. Gets you in the mode. His lighting treatment they have him is off the chain. The guy feels young, exuberant, energized, violent, mean. Great job by WWE and Triple H and with how they package this young guy. Um, his in-ring work is pristine, I have to tell you. People love him. Um, I don't know if he's a heel or a babyface. It kind of seems like he's a babyface because just people just love him. And um, he, he, he stays in his lane. He stays in the zone. He stays in gimmick. He does some... Uh, the guy, the thing that's most impressed, besides his look, like all these tattoos on him and stuff, but his, uh, his motor, his physical motor, the way he wrestles, uh, it's hard to do what he does. I mean, he'll do some high-energy stuff and then sit down. Like, he'll sit down, crisscross applesauce in the middle of the ring. Yes, that's right. Crisscross applesauce in the middle of the ring, 
out of nowhere. He did something yesterday, like a springboard moonsault, and he wrestled Curtis Hawkins, which I was surprised that Hawkins was there, um, a WWE guy, you know, but a, a superstar, I mean, you know. Um, he did this moonsault, like a springboard moonsault. I don't remember exactly what it was. I think he, he obviously missed Hawkins and landed in, in the middle of the ring, kind of, and then just sat down. And Hawkins turned around. So, like, from an announcing perspective, I, I think that... Um, I don't think I heard them saying this, but but I, I think there's opportunities to sell this guy a certain way. Now, you know, I've been given a lot of uh, free consulting advice out here on my show for a lot of different wrestlers and announcers and writers and promoters. And I'm tired of getting, kind of getting tired of doing it, to be honest. Um, but I also think about my audience is the most important thing, and I want to give my audience insight. Tough part of what I do is I give a lot of deep insight and opinions for, built on experience without bragging and people that work for these companies can hear this and just take what I'm saying as free advice. And it's starting to annoy me that I do that. No, Dennis, seriously, you know, I, you know it bothers me because I know, I know. I'm, I'm torn. Like, I want to do the right thing for my audience, but I'm tired of doing free for these people. You know, and, and, uh, and then I say things and then it happens, you know, and they don't acknowledge me. So that's not nice. And uh, and I'm not just talking about WWE. <laughs> so uh, WWE's got a lot going on, so I can't just blame them. You know, they, they, They're busy. But here's what I'm getting at. Okay, from an announcing perspective, there's a couple of things that needed to happen in this match. Okay, that, that you know, I don't think they did. Um, they did a, 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 an okay job of letting me know that Kurt Hawkins is a star maker. He's trying to make stars, and he's kind of delusional. That's his gimmick, as we know with Kurt Hawkins. They, I don't think they put Kurt over enough as a veteran, nasty heel that even though he has fun and he's delu- delusional that he's making stars, that he could do a lot of damage to someone. They, they didn't get him over that way because this was a competitive match. Okay? They didn't do that. Okay? They, they also, I, I think you got to explain to people that what Alistair Black's doing now, if they said this, I apologize. I don't think they did, the announcers, but... It's a head game. His whole bit with the sitting down, if I'm an announcer, I'm selling this cat as this is just a total mind F. He's playing with his opponent's head, his minds, his mind, his minds, playing with his minds, man. You know what I mean? Like, that, that's what it is to me. Now, Dennis, you've seen him wrestle, right? Yeah, Black. I love what he does. Now, you see, you see how he sits down, like, throwing high spots it's and stuff. Psychologically, it's got... Yes, from a from a wrestling, it's got to be intimidating. Like he does this move, and then all of a sudden he's sitting here, and like, yeah. If I was his opponent, well, I'd be if like, you're well, in character, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, it's actually your work, on? so no one's intimidated by anyone. Well, it's actually your work, but I understand I, your point. You're staying in the kayfabe lane. I got it. Yeah, I didn't want to so, say, but no, yes. you can't. You're not allowed to say. Exactly. You've never taken the bump. So, so uh, now here's the thing. I also think if you're a color commentator, I don't care if you're Nigel McGuinness or Percy, and Tom Phillips, who, as I said the other day, I promise you this, he's doing a great job. In play-by-play and double-dipping, doing two jobs on two broadcasts on SmackDown and on um, on NXT, and I was hard on Tom Phillips when he first came into the fold, you know. But I gotta tell you, as I said, he's rapidly grown on me. I, I think he does an excellent job, and he did an excellent job last night. But not one, but two of his color commentators did not help him. Test one, two. Okay, and there was an opportunity there where a simple, very simple thing. That's this is Michael Cole 101. Michael Cole 101. JR does it a lot. Michael Cole's always done a lot. Well, he'll set up the color commentator with a simple question. Insightful 
hoping for an insightful answer. Michael Cole, in essence, being subservient to the guy who's wrestled. Okay? That's Tom Phillips. Okay? So I'm sure he's getting direction from Cole on how to do this. Because I've worked enough with Cole to understand the questions that are asked. Phillips, asked, first he asked um, Nigel a question, some kind of an insightful type, of, would need an insightful answer. And Nigel never answered the question. He just like, he acted like he answered, but he never answered his question. Now, I apologize because I don't remember exactly what the question was, but I promise you this in this show, if you care. Once we go to break at the top of the hour, on the other side of break, because I'll go back and listen to it while I'm in break here. Well, let's be honest. When we're in break, I'm never in break. I'm working, okay? Let's be honest. That's a fact. I will listen to the question that was asked by Phillips, and, and I'll tell you what Nigel said, because there was no answer there. He did not answer him. Then about a minute and a half later, Tom Phillips asked um, uh, Percy a question. And he said, well, listen, when you came up in the NXT, uh, whatever, the, uh, whatever he said, he came up training, he trained with Curtis Hawkins. This, I didn't know that about Percy. So Tom Phillips saying that, I learned something, that, that he trained, Percy trained with, Tom, uh, with uh, Curtis Hawkins. I didn't know that. He said, what's going through his mind right now? And then Percy didn't answer the question. He basically answered the question with the same sell job they've been giving me during this match about Hawkins. Oh, he's just a star. He thinks he's a star maker. I think he's wrong on this. He never answered the question about training and about what he was like. You know, he never. You got to answer the play-by-play guy's question. You got to answer the question, guys. Nigel, he's doing a good job, but he's given me, he's given us backstory on MMA stuff with, 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 um, Alistair Black, Black, which is great, and tell me all these different guys, which is cool, but it's like, okay, you did your prep work, you did your homework, I respect that as a former color commentator, and I get that. Great job, Nigel. Awesome. You gotta work with your partner. You gotta answer him. Can't blow him off. Now, I will give one little benefit of doubt or a pass. If you're being produced, this has happened to me, where now, I was being produced by Vince McMahon. I don't think they're being produced by Vince McMahon in NXT. If you're being produced at times by Vince, sometimes Vince might be saying something to me while Michael Cole's asking me the question, and I don't hear the question. That can happen. So in defense to McGinnis, to Nigel, and to you know Percy, maybe that was going on. I don't know. I'm just saying. It could be. You gotta answer the question. That just, that just drives me crazy, because... Especially if the play-by-play guy is asking a good question. I just think it's something that, you know, you need to answer. But if they can't hear it, maybe they can't. But I'm going to get that. When we go to break, I'll get that question to the ex-Nigel uh, and Nigel's response. I'll go back and listen to it during the break. Uh, hey, Ernie in Texas, you're on the Taz Show. What's up, buddy? Good moment, Taz. Good moment, Lumberjack. Good moment. Good moment. <clears throat> Uh, I had a question. Do you think that the WWE would be a lot better if they didn't, like, separate their pay-per-views, like, two weeks apart from each other? And, you know, I think that it would be a better idea if if they had eight pay-per-views, two for Raw, two for SmackDown, and, of course, the four big pay-per-views with both brands. Yeah. Like, don't, do you think that that would be a better idea or... 
Well, I, I, I don't think you have a bad idea. I, I, the way you broke it down is not bad. Here's my thing, though, uh, Ernie. A couple things. Yeah, some are saying, oh, it's bad and there's too many pay-per-views. I got it, but let's think about this. I would say the bulk of their audience, or a good chunk of their audience, are watching these pay-per-views on WWE Network. Do you agree with that, Ernie? Yes. Okay. You're paying 10 bucks, and you're getting more content, more content, more content. So people still find their way to complain, but yet you're not paying anything extra for it. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. So I, I think if you, if you, the WWE, in defense to them, they might be thinking, we're giving you more bang for your buck. We're giving you more for your $9, your $10. We're giving you more. So if we cut back, you know, now maybe if and when they do this tier system with the WWE Network, then things will change. So if you want SmackDown pay-per-views, maybe you got to pay $12.99 a month. If you want raw pay-per-views, maybe you want the boat package. All right, now that's $13.99 a month. I don't know. I'm just making stuff up. But the tier system, that would cover that, you know? So I do think that, and Ernie, thank you for calling. I do think that um, they give me a lot of bang for your buck. From a creative standpoint, to your point, Ernie, yes, I do think that would help them if they had less pay-per-views. I do. Because there's more time to build the stories uh, and not to worry about the end point of we got to have a climax at the, um, you know, at the end, uh, once we get to this pay-per-view. So, yes, that part I, I do agree with from a creative standpoint. Uh, and I also, I'm one of those guys, and uh, I don't I don't think there's anything wrong with the WWE. A lot of people say, what's wrong with it? Oh, this needs to be fixed, or there's something wrong with it, ba 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 I don't buy that. I mean, even though I know uh, PW Insider, I think it was Dave Shearer, I, I read briefly, had a whole big thing yesterday about how, you know, the Vince McMahon, he's in trouble, the numbers are down, the ratings, they're down from last year at this time, and ba 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 ba. And, you know, I got to tell you, I love the people at PW Insider. As you know, I love Mike Johnson. I love Dave Shearer. I love those guys. But I, I don't have to agree with them all the time. They don't have to agree with me. And I, I, you know my sentiments on the ratings thing. I don't go crazy on this. I don't. I don't. I think that no matter – those ratings, I think, are affected a lot, a lot by, you know, the casual fan that comes and goes. That's what I think that is. Uh, and, and I don't have proof of that. That's just my experience and my, you know, having some knowledge to the, to the topic. That's how I think that is. I don't, I, you know, I know somebody had a bunch of pictures from one of the shows like a week ago where it was top, you know, blacking out some of um, the seating, a, a good chunk of the seating by the hard camera. And I know we had a caller from uh, one of those wrestling websites that called the show a couple of weeks ago when the topic was about Randy Orton and, uh, and the dives and the indie wrestling. You remember that? And, uh, and and the cat called up and was like, ah, oh, you know. Uh, and I said, well, their business is looking pretty good to me. And he's like, no, no, you got that black top in the, uh, the seats. Well, listen, that black top thing has been going on since I was on SmackDown uh, as a commentator. They, they usually black top a good chunk of where the hard camera is. That happens. They're not selling out every week. I mean, look at, you know, I... <sighs> I get so mad because, and, and I don't want to come off like I'm defending WWE because Lord knows, uh, it's not like I'm best friends with them. I mean, so I don't get paid by them. I don't. I. I, I mean, when was the last time I had a WWE guest? Right? I mean, I think it was Samoa Joe at one of one of the specials at WFAN, dude. It's CBS Radio, uh, Sports Radio, right? Yeah, I'm trying to think back. In the Indies, yeah, probably was Samoa Joe. I think it was. 
And so I'm just saying, like, I have no agenda here, but I, I got to tell you, I do get annoyed when people come, especially wrestling fans, like hardcore wrestling fans, when they complain about what they're getting or not getting from WWE. And I'm not saying that last caller did that. I'm not saying that about him. But I'm saying about people like, oh, the numbers are down. Oh, the building's empty. Oh, this. Listen, man. It, look, it's not a cliche thing. There is no off-season. It's always there. It's oversaturation. And as an audience, we get spoiled. I, I feel it here to a lesser, expen- lesser extent than Vince McMahon feels it. Obviously, I know Vince McMahon. I, because I give a lot of content. We're on the cusp of 400 shows here for the Taz Show. Free. Free shows. Free. 10 hours a week. More. 10 hours plus a week. Because I'm always in fifth quarter city because I'm an idiot. No invoice Jones, but I digress. And I still get, not a lot, people griping or complaining about stuff I said or didn't say in my show. But that comes with the terror. That's part of the job. That's part of my job. I understand that. I can't make everybody happy. And I, you know, that's just the way it goes. And I I think WWE and Vince McMahon and everybody under him knows that. But like WWE to a lot lesser extent, I am... I have no off-season. I'm here every day. They have no off-season. And they're putting out a ton of programming. Ton. And they're spending a lot more money than CBS is spending here with me and then I'm spending, you know? Yes. So they're spending uh, millions and millions a week on their production. And yes, yes, sir. Ant yes. sent me an article about their, uh, their revenue and, and all that. Um, one of the bullet points says the revenue increased 11% to $729.2 million, the highest in the company's history, including record levels from the network, television, live events, oh. and merchandise. So. Thank you. Yeah, and thanks, Ant. See? Perfect, perfect example. And that's when Mike Johnson was on here recently. We talked about it. I said, you know, like, th- these guys, the WWE, they're not in, you know, they're not in the red. <laughs> they're not in trouble. They're financially, I mean, they're doing pretty good. <laughs> so... You know, stop the madness with this. Seriously. Stop the madness. Hey, Juan in New Jersey, you're on the Taz Show. What's up? Good moment, Taz. Good, Good. moment, Lumberjack. Good moment. How are you? First and foremost, I just want to say this, Taz, because I've been waiting a long time to say this, man. But first time, long time. How do I know? How do I know? <laughs> right in the end, back, I can feel it coming. Once you say... I've been waiting a long time. That's it. That's a, that's the red indication light. First time, long time, first time, long time. <laughs> What's up, man? Yeah, no, man. I just wanted to call in to say, man, I'm a big fan of your show, Taz. I'm a, I was a big fan of you ever since you was a pro wrestler, you know. And, thank you. Uh, I just want to say, you know, thank you very much for a wonderful show every morning because I'm always at work. I'm a security officer. Nice. I'm always watching your show all the time. Ah. I love hearing it, man. And Juan, that, that means a lot to me. Thanks for supporting uh, my career and supporting this show, dude. That that means a lot, dude. I, I, I mean it. I, I, I'm lucky. I'm very fortunate, Juan, to get a lot of people who call and, and, and or tweet me or say stuff like you just said to me. And I'm very fortunate for that. And, and we all work hard here. And, yeah. um, you know, and, and you guys have a lot of options to listen to all different podcasts with wrestling and all that stuff. But I and there's different options. And I, and I appreciate the loyalty by so many of you. And I mean that. I mean, I pass it down to everybody, too, man, because I'm actually pro wrestler myself right now. I'm right. training to be a pro wrestler. Where? Uh, well, that's good. How long have you been training? 
Uh, I've been in the company, I'd say, four or five months. I still have a lot of time to go in. Yeah. Take your time and just uh, have fun, you know what I mean? And and, and be yeah. smart and pay attention to your trainers and do the right thing. That's it. Yeah, definitely, man. Definitely. All right, buddy. Well, good luck to you, man. I appreciate that. Thank you. All right, we'll talk to you soon, Juan. All right, buddy? All right, bro. We'll see you, bro. Bye-bye. There you go. It's good to hear. All right, we got to go to break here. Other side of break, uh, we'll take a couple more calls. Very busy show. It's packed here. Uh, I will get that, that question that was asked. I'm just like my battle cry. I have to get this question that Tom Phillips asked Nigel. I, I, don't, I think I might be the only one who cares about this right now. But I'm going to do this on the other side of the break. Hey, am I being petty here, Dennis? No, because... It's driving no, me crazy. You're not, you're not being petty, but you're... you're you got to focus. You're locked in right now. You know I am. That's what I'm about. They're in, they're in the crosshairs. It that's, feels good to be why on I the never, I never forget. <laughs> it feels good to be. You're not in the crosshairs. You might be in a little while just for that comment. All right, Tash, show. Sit tight. Network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. All right, we're back. One hour down, one hour to go. This is a Thursday edition of the Taz Show, and uh, I was talking to NXT here. Got people calling the show. I'll get to you guys in a second. I told you before the break I'd find that audio. Well, Along with my team, we found it because we had some buffering issues. The audio, uh, the question that was asked in the commentary of yesterday's NXT from Tom Phillips to Nigel, Nigel McGuinness. So this is what it was, okay? And this is what I said earlier. The commentators have to answer the questions of the play-by-play guy when asked an insightful question because the play-by-play guy wants to know the inside stuff so the audience knows too. When I say inside, work inside, not total inside baseball. The question that was asked by Tom Phillips to Nigel was, it starts with Nigel. Alistair Black has got his whole offense going. He's beaten up and does some nasty kick to Hawkins. And then Nigel goes, look how calm he is, meaning Alistair Black. Who says, you know, Alistair Black stays in that kind of who, those who've watched him stays in that zone. He's very cerebral, very calm. The way he works, like he's not a rah rah crazy maniac psycho guy. Rawr, he's not like that. And it's that's also what adds to his being so special. This guy, he's very unique. He's in his own lane. He's very original. I respect these young dudes that can be original. Respect the hell out of that, guys and girls. Anyway, I digress. So Nigel goes, look how calm he is. And then Phillips does the right thing and says. Why is that? And Nigel starts to answer and never answers the question because some will watch it that will defend Nigel and say, and, and I get this, why you will say this. Well, that's because Alistair Black started doing more offense and then they started calling the action. That's true. But there was an opportunity because Hawkins went out of the ring to take a powder for now Nigel to say, now, you asked me, Phillips, why he's so calm. Well, these are the reasons why. You have to have the answer. That's your job. And I think Nigel's good. I'm just, I'm not being a dick. I'm not being a wise ass. I'm just passionate about commentary because it's the hardest job to do. 
<laughs> so I, I, I get passionate about it. And why? Well, well, he's so calm. And Phillips, well, why is that? And then you find your thought and you find the spot to get it in. That's your job. You have a conversation. Well, he's so calm because he's so confident. That's what makes him so deadly. You know what it is, Tom? He's three, four moves ahead of his opponent. He sees the field before everybody else. He's so cerebral. He thinks so far ahead. He's in the zone. Any cliche line you want to use. Lord knows today's commentators have way, way, way too many cliches as it is. So you might as well keep going. But you got to answer the question. You got to answer the question. It's a must. Sorry. And, and it's and, and I've I've known Nigel a little bit. I haven't seen him in a long time. When he was in TNA, I was doing commentary there, and I was a big fan of his. And while there were other people in production meetings that were negative about him, I will tell you, without getting into detail, I wasn't. I was putting him over. So I, I, I have to say that. Because for anybody that might be listening to this that was in that production meeting, a couple of them that had juice and that were knocking him, well, you were wrong. Because the guy was a very good talent when he was a wrestler, Nigel. And he's turning into a very good commentator. But I got to tell you, I'm giving free advice here and free, you know. I said this before the break, Dennis. It drives me crazy. Am I being petty with this or what? Seriously, no. I mean. No, it's it's not petty. It's It goes back to what we've talked about in the past, how you've been a former wrestler turned, uh, turned commentator. Bro, so you, I appreciate you know. that. I know, bro, bro. I know. I appreciate you putting me over. That's nice here. I know that. But what I'm saying is, and I, and that's kind. It really is kind. I mean, I bust your balls out. We have a lot of fun here. But I know you mean that. And I and I love you. And that's nice of you. And I know you mean that. And that's nice. But I that's, do. that's not my point. Bro, my point is, am I, I'm being real. That's what I do. I'm honest with my audience. Am I being petty that there are people that get paid consultant fees? And I'm out here thinking, I'm an idiot. Because I'm doing consulting for free like a schmuck for some of these wrestlers, promoters, announcers, and everything. I mean, it, but most importantly is what? The audience, right? I mean, I don't know. Yeah, at the, I mean, at the end of the day, that's a decision for you whether... I know, I know. ...whether the fans, like, are the fans more important? The answer is probably yes. Yes, yeah. But at the same time, you it, what happens when you put out all this free content is people are going to use your knowledge and mold it how they see fit. And I get nothing for it. Not That's even credit. Nothing. No respect. Nothing. Rodney Dangerfield. I hate everyone. Rodney Dangerfield. 1950 wants their comic back. <laughs> I thought that was right in your wheelhouse. Oh, thanks, you prick. <laughs> I'm, an old, I'm an old relic now. He was hilarious, Dangerfield. Dude in Caddyshack. Oh, I got no respect. No, forget about that. Caddyshack. Oh, Caddyshack. Classic. Oh, dude, he had the guy. Oh, was the guy? Bombay. I talked about this before. Someone will send a guy for Jiff or Jiff or guy for uh, who was it? Was it Caddyshack he was in? It was the other funny movie he was in. Back to School. Back to School. It might have been Back to School, and it was like some big principal or some aristocrat in the school, whatever the hell it was. And the student, somebody says to him, uh, somebody, the guy whose name was like Bombay, he goes, Bombay? He don't know dick. <laughs> <laughs> Just picture Dangerfield. That's some, someone will, somebody will find it and send it to me. Oh, God, that's, that was just the funniest. Seriously was. Oh, my God. Elmer in Texas, you're on the uh, Taz Show. What's up, buddy? Good moment, Taz. How are you? Good. What's up, man? just want to give my off the hooks and ask about a question about NXT. Yes, sir. Go. All right. My first match is the Flakes match. 
Frosted Flakes. Okay, these for those that don't know, these are breakfast cereals off the hook for the whole week. That's big time, scraping the barrel here. Yes, what's your next one? I have the Battle of the Cinnamon Cinnamon Crunch versus Apple Jacks. Like that. I think I had uh, the Apple Jacks in mind. Big fan. Okay, what else? Last one, Battle of the Puffs. Reese's Puff versus Cocoa Puffs. I like the Puff. Puff Battle Jones, we call that. Okay, and what else you got? Uh, yesterday you were talking about the NXT, how, like, um, like it's good to have it, but it's going to be bad because of the all uh, the styles are going to be the same, and yeah, it's going to be trained by the same guys. And I was I was saying I wasn't saying that about NXT. Uh, what I was saying that about was the performance center. You know, uh, that's what it was about. But I, I get your point. Okay, go ahead, continue. Okay, yeah. So the performance center and all that. Do you think it would be a good idea to do like the way New Japan does it, like after the young boys? Are done with the basic training to send them out to Mexico, England. Absolutely. States. Absolutely. So you think that WWE should do that? Especially uh, um, I think they should, but here's the problem: then you gotta kind of somehow quasi acknowledge other companies uh, because these talents are under contract to you, and they do what the Japanese companies or New Japan and other companies have done over the years is they'll do a barter system where, okay, we're going to give you two pieces of talent, you give us two, and let's let them get fresh here or learn here, and then we'll move, we'll, we'll cycle them around. And and, and I, I, I hope one day that that happens in WWE. I, I wouldn't be shocked if it does. I mean, I think Triple H has shown that he has um, definitely has a relationship with a lot of the independent promotions out there. So it seems like he's trying to, to spread that out more. Uh, thank you for calling, Elmer. Um, I think in, in defense to Vince McMahon, though, during all the years of WWE, Vince was busy competing against people. And he's a competition monster, which I appreciate, and I love that about Vince, you know. So I think that's why Vince never did something like that. I think now WWE's in a totally different world now than during all those years of Vince grinding. Because you got to realize, folks, you know, Vince McMahon and the WWE was not always, you know, at the top of the heap. For some of you younger fans, I mean, WCW was kicking their ass, you know, during those Monday Night Wars, and and even before that, you know, there's, there's, there's just to get the money up to do WrestleMania one many moons ago for for you know for Linda McMahon and Vince McMahon. I, I've heard the stories. I mean, it was it was do or die. WrestleMania one was do or die for Vince and and Linda. They put it all out there, and they didn't have a ton of money, and they put it all out there, and they rolled it. They rolled it out there, and it worked. But if that show wasn't a success back then, they, they, they might not be around right now. So my point is, through a lot of the years of Vince and, and his company paying their dues and taking their lumps, you know, uh, it wasn't always like now that they were just this giant successful empire. So now, Triple H, Stephanie, Vince, they know that no one is going to catch them ever. It's just not possible. Unless some billionaire comes into the fold and can do something crazy but god you need the talent you need you know the platform you, you, need, you need a lot you got to have a billionaire uh, not a millionaire you need a billionaire okay that that really wants to compete with vince and he's got to hire some people and you got to hire somebody to run the wrestling that doesn't have an agenda which is the problem the guys that are out there right now that know how to run wrestling unfortunately a good chunk of not a good chunk a lot of them have an agenda sometimes you know those agendas hurt the company uh, that's a whole nother topic. But the thing is, I think being that WWE is at such a high level, the highest level now, and so successful, and there's no one that's ever going to catch them, uh, Triple H, Stephanie, they can go and do business and work with other wrestling promotions 
to Elma's call who just called about, hey, maybe the talent doesn't get stale. Let's do like the Japanese companies do and get them in Mexico or get them with a UK company. Let's switch them around. Let's move them to different independent companies while they're under contract to us so they learn and get better. Now, now, the only snafu with that where I, I'm not saying Triple H would say this, you know, uh, he might think this because I know I'd have this thought if I was him. And it would be uh, I'm worried about my talent getting bad habits. As me, as a former trainer, I can tell you that's always a big deal. Because a lot of times when pro wrestlers, male or female, get a bad habit, it's very tough to break that habit. So that would be something I think Triple H could be worried about. Vince could be worried about. Stephanie could be worried about. Them getting out, the talent, the young talent getting out from under their, their, uh, their rock and going out elsewhere and then picking up some bad habits. It's a double-edged sword because you're going to get better working in front of other crowds. And then you're going to get better working and paying your dues in a gymnasium, you know, uh, with not a lot of people there. And a lot of wrestlers locker room that just scraping and trying to get by and they're working their ass off. So now your young wrestlers under contract with WWE, when they come back to, to NXT or WWE, they appreciate what they have because they see what kids their age don't have. And that's part of the problem I think of a performance center at NXT as great as it is again double-edged sword as great as it is these kids are spoiled they're spoiled they're spoiled with great facilities they're spoiled with you know a great and a beautiful area of palm trees around them in Orlando at the performance center they're spoiled at the arenas right there to do full sale uh, they, <laughs> they ain't got to drive three four hundred miles I know they do house shows sometimes but they get in a bus <laughs> they have a luxury bus for them, and that's how they go. Dude, your flag gimmick fell off your flip, your limp biscuit over there. Pardon me. They get in the bus and they go. And I bet you there's a good chance that there's probably food and drink on that bus, like water and soda or maybe sandwiches. So they're catering the bus for them. I assume that. I don't know that for a fact, but I know they have a bus. So now you got your 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 training, you're, you're bringing up young talent, and the, you can create a sense of entitlement in them without even trying. Because you're giving them everything. What are they working for? What are they working for? But now, if you take some veterans that come into NXT and some guys that I've talked to, guys that are big stars now and were big stars in other companies, I was with them without naming names. And I know when some of these guys you know, are in NXT or were in NXT, they were like, in my private conversations with a couple of these people, they were like, yo, this is great. I ain't got to drive. Got this badass bus. <clears throat> the building's right here. Whenever we got to go on the road, we get in this bus. This is easy. This is great. This is awesome. These guys appreciate it, and they bust their asses. They don't want to lose it because these are guys who truly paid their dues, and they've earned what they're getting from an NXT. Or, you know. And then when you go to Raw SmackDown, you get no bus unless you're international on an international tour. But so, you know what I mean? Like, but if you're a young kid who was, let's say. You know, a big-time amateur wrestler, collegiate wrestler, and, you know, you wrestled for whatever, Penn State. And now one of the WWE scouts spots you and, and got a good look. You're a big guy. And you're obviously a, a stud wrestler at a college, and they want to train you to become a pro wrestler. And you're like, I'm in. And now you go down Orlando, and you get into this weight room that's phenomenal. You feel like, you know, 
you're back playing D1 sports. You got this phenomenal weight room. You got this bus. You got you got uh, 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 these great rings to train in, five, six rings with all these credible trainers, these great trainers teaching you and helping you. Meanwhile, you're getting paid while you're doing this. Are you effing kidding me? <laughs> like, I I know I didn't have this, you know. I don't I don't begrudge these kids for having it. I'm not, I'm not a grumpy old timer, trust me. But, you know, you got to get a mother effer to pay some dues too, you know. So, you know, paying dues at the performance center don't sound hard to me. I, I think that to this caller's point and what they do in Japan, which is something that's been done in wrestling a long time, get them out and get them learning in front of other audiences all over the country and the world. And get them in a locker room with kids that are their age that ain't got that got busted up cars, five or six of them in a car, three or four staying in a hotel. You know, who's sleeping in a bathtub because there's no room in a hotel floor? You know, I live this. You know, so, and I know a lot of guys who's lived this. Okay, I'm not, I'm not taking shots at any of these kids at NXT. Please don't come at me. Oh, you're, you're, you're an old-timer. No, it's not that. I'm, a, I'm about earning your stripes, paying some dues. Builds character. I'm spitting truth out here on a lot of this stuff. I'm not being, you know, bitter. So. It's like the Mike Tyson saying where it's it's tough to... It's tough to train at 5 o'clock in the morning when you're sleeping in silk pajamas. I never heard him say that, but that's a great point. Look, remember uh, do, 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 Rocky 2 or three. Rock, Rocky 3. Uh, with Clubber Lang. With, with Mr. T. Mr. T, I mean, I, I, that was my favorite Rocky, right? So, so, but, but not just because Mr. T was awesome and Hulk Hogan was in it, all that stuff. It was, they were all great. Thunderlips is here in the flesh, <laughs> baby. All that stuff was awesome. But the, 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 the moral of it, how Rocky got his ass kicked by Mr. T in that first fight, I understand Mickey, the trainer, died. I got it. My, Rocky's mind was on it, all that stuff. But think about the training. You know, you see Mr. T grinding in some grimy basement doing pull-ups. <laughs> training his ass off and you see Rocky like he's got a hundred people at a photo shoot while he's in the ring sparring sexy girls around him he's taking pictures with them he's doing commercials he's hitting a speed bag and smiling for you know he's got millions of dollars and here's Mr. T grinding and they did a great video package in this movie and well the guy who had a chip on his shoulder who was grinding and not entitled and not spoiled beat up the rich guy and that guy Rocky used to be just like Mr. T and Apollo uh, Creed was, you know, Rocky when he was the, the champ and the first Rocky and Rich and all that stuff with the red, white, and blue trunks. A little move, music, uh, movie history right there. It don't matter. I'm diverse. I bring it all. But it's the, the moral of it. You know, the moral of that, to, to your point about what you're saying about Mike Tyson, Dennis, you know, that that's important. I believe in character. I believe in, you know, when... When you get everything handed to you, when you get everything handed to you, you build a sense of entitlement. I don't care if you're a wrestler, an athlete, uh, just a person in, in a regular job force that, you know, you maybe you have nepotism helps you get a job somewhere, you know, and you didn't have to earn it. You know, a lot of times those are the people who flop because they didn't come up to the ranks. They didn't build character. And there were some that are successful. I'm not, I don't want to knock all of those people at it. That you know that have a hookup uh, because it's a political world we live in. It's not just you know, not just about your talent. You know the old expression is who you know. It, it, that's very true in life. It really is. 
You know, you think you'd have all these second-generation wrestlers working for the WWE if it wasn't for their dads? <laughs> Let's be frank. You know how hard it is to get in the WWE? It, well, it was when I was coming up, and I think it's still hard to get in the WWE. But, you know, those second-generation wrestlers, you know, they, they, they got one part of the puzzle X'd off. Check that box for them. But my point is, and I know a lot of people on hold, I'll get to you, but I'm on a rant here. But the thing is, like, it, it's about, you know, to me, I know how I came up. I know it was hard as hell in this business for me. Hard. Undersized guy, you know, uh, had no hookups, had no, I wasn't a second generation or third generation guy. I had a chip on my shoulder. I was a, a pissed off young guy, real New York guy with a bad effing attitude. That didn't help me. I was immature. But I was passionate. Uh, I could go, and I was I was athletic, and and I was angry, and I had a point to prove, and and it took a long time, and I burned a lot of bridges without even knowing I was burning, because I had no one helping me from a mental perspective, how to do business. Now, hypothetically, let's say my son wanted to be a pro wrestler, which he doesn't, thank God, but if he did, I could help him in a lot of ways, obviously. But most important way I could help him, which a lot of these second and third generation wrestlers are being helped by their dads, is the mental mind F of the the business and when you want to quit and how hard it is at times, if you're truly paying your dues. You know, when I first was doing, um, if you go back to an old Taz show where I had the Nature Boy Ric Flair on the show, this is when I was doing Taz Live. We did five shows uh, Seth was producing the show then And we did five shows at WFAN And I think it was live It was live two hours It was just for the week It was a test run for this show The CBS wanted to do a test run And I did it in Boomer and Carton studio And this was probably I think it was, the show would start like 1pm to 3pm And Ah oh man it seems like eons ago It was two years ago I think it was either on FAN or CBS Sports Radio I don't remember what it was on I don't remember. Well, I don't remember this. If Seth is listening, text me, Seth. But um, anyway, regardless, I, I remember Ric Flair was on as a guest on my show and um, on that show, the Taz Live show. And this was when his daughter Charlotte was, you know, in, I guess, NXT at that time. And she was getting a good little push and she was frustrated. And Rick talked about it on my show, how frustrated she was. And he had to talk her off the ledge because she was so pissed. And she wanted to get called up to Raw, SmackDown, I mean to WWE type thing. And how, how mad she was because she's so competitive. And, and it was great insight by, by, by Rick, what he was saying to me, you know. And as a dad, I understood what he was saying. As a person who's competitive like Charlotte, I understood what he was saying. So I understood both sides of his daughter's side and his side. And he's trying to tell her, relax, it'll happen. You know, she was getting very frustrated. And he, would, he was telling that story to me on air. You know, and, and I got it right away. I understood it. But see, that's my point. And I love Charlotte. I think she's awesome. I never I met her once. I don't know her, but I love her. I think she's great. You guys know I'm a fan of hers, but she's got a benefit. She's got her dad, not just a legendary, one of the greatest of all time, but a dad who was a successful uh, pro wrestler who can give her advice like that. Hey, calm down. You want to get to the big to the big dance. Just relax. You'll get there. Don't lose your cool. Don't give up on this. Give it some time. 
ba 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 it could be worse hey know what i had to deal with ba 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 you you get that when you have a a a, a mom or dad or an uncle or an older brother that can help talk you off the ledge like that you know what i mean that's a big advantage to that i didn't have nothing like that i just had my own emotions and mindset and just at times when i was just younger i was just an idiot and i would get mad at a promoter and tell him you know go f yourself you know i'd never get booked again by that guy all right so we streamed that taz live was streamed live seth just shot me a text thanks seth i know you're listening i appreciate that dude and then Seth just said something really nasty about you, Dennis, but I'll digress. So he hates you, by the way. He hey, Seth. You. Good to talk to you. <laughs> no, so I was joking. He didn't do that. So um, the thing is, man, you know, it's, it's, I know we're late to break, but like, it, it's about having, uh, if you have that, that, that someone you could talk to, that's a big advantage. Now, to me, it, it's, if you, if you get an opportunity... If you paid all those dues and worked your ass off, once you get the opportunity, you're going to hang on to that. You're going to hang on to that. that you know, so guys like Eric Young and Bobby Roode and Swobo Joe, guys I've mentioned, guys like Nakamura, these guys who've been around, AJ, you know, they had success elsewhere. And then they come in to an NXT or WWE now. They have all this experience. And a lot of their experience, unfortunately, was negative. Because we were in the paying your dues process. Where somebody who gets trained from Jump Street from WWE, again, not knocking these people. I'm just giving you a th- food for thought. It's something to think about. They don't have that. They're starting out in the big time. You know? I mean, uh, and, and, and I feel like where's the chip on their shoulder? I had to talk with Baron Corbin once when I when I was doing that. I was at that SmackDown 900 thing months ago, and I met Baron Corbin and we had a quick conversation. What a great guy! What a great you know, young mind and I'm a tremendous talker, worker. Guy was young, he's got his future so bright, and I was so impressed because I saw that chip on his shoulder for a guy that came up in their system. I was like, wow, this is cool. This is cool. He came up in their system, and he has that chip. I didn't have, I didn't feel a sense of entitlement from him. Now, I don't know him that well. I'm just telling you what I felt. So that was cool. The chip on the shoulder is a key in life. I'm going to go to break right now, and uh, I'm going to get to some of these phone calls. We'll be on Facebook Live, too. Um, you know what? I have something else I'm going to say, too, on the other side of break about chip on shoulder. And um, how interesting it is and how important it is. This is the Taz Show. We'll be on Facebook Live at Facebook.com slash the Taz Show on the other side of break, and I'll get to some calls. Sit tight. Featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. All right, we're back here. Oh, yeah. Okay, uh, we're back here. Tash Show, Thursday edition, fourth quarter city. We're on Facebook Live right now. Thanks for joining the show there. Maybe you're on the gimmick chat at Tashow.com. Thanks for joining there. Maybe you're following on the Twitter. That's great, too. Appreciate it. Love all you guys. Love everything you do. Got a new refrigerator. That's right. Got a new refrigerator. I was talking to Dennis about it yesterday after the show. 
big refrigerator in the kitchen. And uh, it's big. And Dennis was asking me questions. I don't want to feel. I don't feel like I don't want to promote the brand that it was. They're not advertising with the Taz Show, not yet. But Dennis kind of dirty. Dennis, the biz dev guy to show the auto producer, as many of you guys know who he is. He nailed it. He knew exactly the style refrigerator. He said double doors, which is actually called French doors, sir. That's what it's called, Dennis. Uh, I don't like acknowledging the French. <laughs> Yeah, sure. Sucky. Sucky. That's sucky. That's their national anthem. Yes. P. F. U. La. Face. E5 LB French style. Yeah. Brutal. Sorry. Anyway, I digress. So, French doors, Jones. We got two freezers on the bottom, two drawers. Dennis, you knew all of this. And you asked me a question. Why don't you share with the audience the question you asked me if I got this type of a door? Well, I didn't know they were French, but I asked uh, one of the newer models that they've been showing on television has... The- By the way, my refrigerator is not French. It's French doors, but it's an American-made refrigerator. I'm just letting you know that. By American. Unless you're overseas. Or buy a boathouse. You can't do that anymore. <laughs> yeah. Buy could, the new shirt. You can buy the new shirt. Or you could buy a hat. Or, uh, yeah, you could definitely do that. You buy a hat. Definitely. Yes. Um, now, yes, you were saying. So... They're promoting this new French door style, but it's got glass where you can just go up and touch. Knock Jones. Yeah. yeah. Oh, knock. That's uh, knock. My, my boy. Knock boy, knock. <laughs> yeah, the gimmick is uh, I don't have that, that. We almost bought it. I could have swore you would have went for that. <sighs> Why? Because I'm a bells and whistles guy, right? You figure? Well, you're buying $35 umbrellas. I well, thought. that's a whole other story. <laughs> yeah. So that's true. But no, so you, you knock on the gimmick door on one side. The French doors you're looking at, it's the one on the right. You knock on it once, click, and then what happens is the light goes on. And you could see what's on that side of the fridge and, like, what's in that door. It's pretty cool. But my wife and I are like, ah, what are you going to do with this? My wife's like, I don't, I don't want to see this. I want to see what's in the fridge. We open the door. Then there was another one. We open the door. <sighs> Bro, there was another one that uh, we almost got it. But then it was like, yeah, you run the risk of too many things going wrong. Where it has a, um, Oh, jeez. A tablet. A tablet. A full oh, tablet. Yeah? yeah, no joke, bro. Like a tablet, streaming, radio. Tune in, bro. You can listen to Taz show on the freaking refrigerator. That's wild. Yeah, tune in is on there. They had the Pandora Music Jones. You could watch, you could mirror your TV. Yeah, I'm not kidding you, bro. I was serious. You could mirror your TV while you're in your kitchen. Uh, it's very cool. There's like a sketchboard, a calendar on there for like reminders. You know, stuff like that. You know, uh, your roommate would have loved that with you. She put all those reminders on it. Dennis, make sure you take Do a bath. Do not eat. Dennis, take a shower. Dennis, make sure you wipe your ass when you do poopy. She would have done stuff like that. Call it stinky butt. <laughs> yes. So, but no, that there's, so it's got this, dude, okay, this, like this whole tablet thing. And it's a straight computer. Do straight up. And That's it's crazy. amazing. Amazing. But, you know, people are like, why did you get it? You should have got it. People tell me, why did you get it? Jeez. Get the warranty. Now, now I got I got to have a guy at my house every month. Oh, yeah, we got to fix your thing. Oh, no, the tablet. I got the thing going out. The light's going to go out. I don't need it. Make the stuff cold in the fridge and freeze the stuff in the drawer. I'm good. I don't need all the other stuff. That's uh, my my mother has the old school fridge where it's freezer on top. Yes, door like just old school, old school. white white fridge. We we have one. Uh, we have an extra refrigerator in the house freezer. We have a lot of items that we keep cold. Uh, we're keeping body parts in the house, let's be honest. And um, so it's like text exchange to a man. It's Long Island Chainsaw Massacre in my house. We're chopping things up. We got body parts, everything's craziness. 
I'm looking at the tablets now. These, this is incredible. It's un- it's unbelievable, right? Hold on, watch that. Uh, Echo in here. All right, so we've got people on the phones. We're very busy here. We're on Facebook Live. Hello, everybody on Facebook Live. Lizette Austin, a regular on Facebook Live. Iceback, Icebox Jones, old school honeymoon of reference. Icebox from 1940 wants their fridge back. Yes, uh, so everybody, a lot of the user suspects are on there. We've got some new folks on there. Uh, Chairman's on there. He's saying something. He's putting himself over. You know, you got to love Chairman. That's Chairman's gimmick. He'll call. He'll, He'll be call in the gimmick and, chat. And next He'll, and he's that on one day Live. he got me, Chairman, that bastard. Because he called up. You remember, right, what happened? He calls up. I'm talking. And I'm, I'm reading something. From, I'm like, oh, Chairman. Wait, cha- you're Chairman. Like, what the? And he's laughing. A sneaky bastard got me. That was funny, though. Uh, so anyway, uh, so, uh, oh, we got Jonathan Nevada saying, Fry's Thief Jones. Someone Facebook listened to the beginning of the show. That should be a new thing with the Facebook Live. That's actually a good idea. Quiz. We'll do a new segment. I got to think of a good name for it. Quiz Segment Jones. Fourth quarter quiz or something like that. Where we ask questions and people on Facebook have to know from early in the show and have to answer it. Dude, that's not bad. That is a really good idea. Because we could and bust people and just ridicule them if they don't know the answer. You didn't listen to the show, you mother effer. Just cut a promo on them. That's nice to do the audience. Kevin, in Ireland, you're on the Taz show. Oh, hi. What's up, Taz? Hi, good how morning. are you? Good, good, good moment, good, Kevin. Good. Good, good, good. How are you? Good, sir. Uh, it's actually not Ireland. I'm in Maryland. Oh, my God. Yeah. I'm part Irish. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, listen, Kev. I I apologize first off because I, I you know I tell you what this cowboy cowboy <laughs> Kevin. How does somebody confuse Ireland and Maryland? One no one has good Guinness uh, Guinness and the other one has excellent crab. I mean, this yeah. how how I, I don't get it. I have it. no idea. Well, the first time I called a. a, a I, I talked to him for a couple seconds, and then it, it hung up. When I called back, he said it was a bad connection. So maybe you can use that as an excuse. I don't know. I don't know what he's doing. I gotta have. I gotta talk to him. I gotta. I gotta have a chat with him, cowboy. Dennis, that's that's your buddy, dude. What's going on with him? He, go, he goes. I asked him, "Did you say Ireland?" And he said yes. Oh, so, so there's a miscommunication <laughs> somewhere along the lines. Hi, laddie. Hey, all right, what's up there, Kevin Maryland? Talk yeah. to me. I'm actually from Pennsylvania, but I'm working Oh, my here. God. Dude, you're, <laughs> Make dude, up your you're mind. 50 States Jones over here. You're all over the map. You're like Rand McNally. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm working in a place called Dundalk, Maryland, which is on the outskirts of Baltimore. Which is near Delaware, but right near Philly, but might be near D.C. Okay, all right, got it. Yeah, right. I, yeah it's closer to D.C. And uh, <laughs> I'm, actually from, uh, I don't, I, I'm actually from originally from Delaware County. I don't know if you know where that is. Ah, that rings a bell. I've probably driven through there. I would think. Yeah, it's it's not too close. It's not too far from uh, Philadelphia. Okay. I used to go. I used to go to the ECW shows all the time. Awesome. Well, I appreciate. Me and my brother used to go, and I was a huge fan of yours. Thank you, still am. Thank you. I appreciate that. That's I think you're like one of the greatest wrestlers of all time. Oh, Kevin, you say that to all the guys. Come on, that was nice. No, no, seriously, and I think that you were very underrated when you got to WWE. I didn't like the way they used you. I didn't either. I was. I didn't either. I, I was underrated, but not underpaid. So I'll tell you. But true, I digress. True. Uh, but no, it's yeah. not all just about the money. But let's be honest, it is. No. Is there anything else, bro? I appreciate all the comments. Anything else you want to say? You were good. Yeah, and um, 
You know, I was, you know, I actually met you one time when you were in ECW. I don't know if you remember that. I apologize if I said anything nasty to you. No, you didn't. You oh. um, you came out of the ECW arena in the back, and you got you got in your car. Yeah. And uh, I knocked on your window. You had your window down, and uh -oh. I asked you if I could shake your hand. Yeah. And you, you said, "Give me a minute." And you were on a car phone, and. After you, after you were done, you called me over and you stuck your hand out to shake, shake my hand. And then you got out of the car, Renault something out of the car, and you actually stood there and had a conversation with me. Um, I've, I've done that a few times with people. Yeah, so, and, yeah. you know, I was, like, I was like, wow, that was really cool of him to do, you know. And, well, you know, and some people say uh, Taz was a douche. See what I mean? You know. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you were totally different from your character, you know, and it Thank was like you. Well, you were really cool and everything. But, you know, and I also called, you know, I would love to hear you do one of your old promotions that you, you promos you used to do. Oh, that's you know, tough. On, I, on did, your, I don't know if CBS could. Show. I don't know if CBS could afford that kind. Of, that's a whole different level of money, Kev. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Yeah, I would love, I would love to hear you do that. And you know, uh, uh, let me ask you a question. Where, yeah, sure. where did you come up with "Beat Me If You Can, Survive If I Let You"? Yeah, I know that's a good question. Um, the thing is, it is a good question. I'd love and thank you, Kevin, for calling all the compliments. That's kind of you. And enjoy Dublin. Um, so, <laughs> no, enjoy Maryland. That's a nice state. So, I spent a lot of time there with my son playing lacrosse. A lot of time, and I'm not done going there. But I digress. The "Beat Me If You Can, Survive If I Let You." I would love to say that was all me. I, it wasn't. I, it was a combination of Heyman, Paul Heyman, and myself. I think it was more Paul than me. Um, Paul's got an amazing memory, unlike me. I, I don't know if I've ever asked Paul that question. I think I need to though, because uh, many people have asked me that question. I should have a succinct, simple answer, and I don't because um, then again, Paul might. Paul knows I got a bad memory, so he might just say, "Oh." Taz don't remember. I'll just say it was me. And I'll put himself over. That could happen. No, no, no. Paul won't do that. He'd be honest about it. So I'll ask Paul. I'll shoot him a text later and ask him uh, who came up with it. But I think it was Paul. Um, as I said, a long time ago, uh, about uh, a lot of times I hear, I mean, about ECW, a lot of us helped each other out. We all worked together. You know, a lot of us. I mean, it was a very competitive environment. Not everybody was buddies. But we all tried to help each other. So if there was something cool that we thought for one guy, I'd say, hey, maybe this might work for, you know, Just Incredible or something like that. Or maybe, you know, you know what I mean? Like 911. Who knows? He thinks of something. Hey, that could be cool for the Sandman. You know, whatever. I, I've seen that where guys help each other out in essence. You know, I have seen that there, uh, which was nice, you know. Um, but, you know, uh, it, it was very competitive, but it was awesome. Um, so uh, anyway, so like I was talking earlier about, about like chip on the shoulder type stuff before the break. I got into this whole thing about coming up in the business, you know, and paying dues. And sometimes, you know, if you have a family member that's going to get you in or something like that, or you're just a young guy that gets all these great resources at the WWE Performance Center and you get to work in a building right next door at, at wherever it is, right close by at uh, Full Sail and you're in beautiful Orlando and you got a bus taking you if you do a house show somewhere. You know, you don't have to get in a rental car a lot of times. You know, I do think that could sometimes, you know, um, hurt in building character and could hurt in building a chip on your shoulder. You know, and, and I see this a lot in the younger generation. Uh, my son, who's 18, you know, uh, I... I he has a chip on his shoulder, which, you know, my wife and I were both raised as blue-collar people from blue-collar areas of New York City. So, you know, he now is not raised really in a ultra-blue-collar area, but we try to give him blue-collar ethics since he's young. 
and morals and values. And I think he has that. But the other thing from as a lacrosse player that he is, and you know, I'm proud to say he's a nationally re- nationally ranked lacrosse player. And and he's you know a high end kid and a high end player, and he works hard. And I'm saying all this not because I'm a proud dad, because I am, but and I'm proud of his work ethic and his desires and his grinding. But through his lacrosse career, uh, just uh, uh, you know, in high school and everything, of course, we live in a hotbed area. There's all different type of rankings, and and there's all different types of who makes these super teams and this team. And my son has made some of those teams, and my son has been placed on some of those teams. And then there's been some that he hasn't, and and it, it, it and it pisses him off. And he'll say, oh, you know, you know what? I, I'm better than this guy. Or I'm better than that guy. But I'm not going to cry about it. And I'll be like, yeah, you know what, dude? You are better than that guy that made it. You are. And you've outplayed that guy. And maybe you're better than that guy. But you know what? Like I say, sometimes you're the windshield, sometimes you're the fly. And I think that in life, we've all experienced being both the windshield and the fly. And that includes my son. Now, as you guys know, if you can't figure this out, maybe you don't know. I'll help you figure it out. You want to be, hopefully, (laughs) always the windshield. Because the windshield kills the fly. Dennis, you understand this, right? Yeah, I'm the fly pretty often. Well, I've noticed when I looked at you, you, you were like, uh, uh, well, I was talking like flies were coming out of your mouth. You buzz Jones. But so in life, you want to be, hopefully, the fly, I'm sorry, the windshield more than the fly. But that doesn't work for most of us. And most of you listen or watch me right now. It doesn't work. You're not always the windshield. And some of the players, for example, like in this lacrosse realm, I've said to my son at his age, some of these kids are always the windshield. Always. And no matter if maybe their parents are rich or maybe they got some connections or whatever it is. And I teach him and my wife teaches, it's okay. It's okay. You're building a chip on your shoulder. So when you go to that next level, you're going to play with a higher motor. And you're going to play with something to prove. And you've experienced failure and you've experienced the highest success. So you want those ebbs and flows as an athlete, a performer, an actor, a wrestler, uh, uh, an actress, an actor, whatever, whatever. You want that, in my opinion. Those are important things that build character in life. So what does this have to do with the performance center? A lot. It has a lot to do with the performance center. I just hope... Like I said earlier, if you guys are just joining the show, some of those wrestlers that are in performance center, those young wrestlers, you know, and this was off of a caller who had a good suggestion off of what they do in Japan, where they take their wrestlers and send them off to different promotions, let's say New Japan, so they learn other styles or wrestle in front of other people. And it wouldn't shock me if WWE, namely Triple H, does something like that soon enough. Maybe they have already. They, they might have done it a little bit, probably have a little bit. I mean, like on a regular basis. Because what that also does, besides making you a better performer, because you're working in front of other crowds, but it makes you, and I said this before the break, if you're just joining, I'll I'll let you notice what I said. It makes you build a better appreciation for what you have. If you're a young wrestler who got brought up and groomed under the performance center, it'll help kill that sense of entitlement when you get to the next level. Because you're not handed everything. Beautiful weight room, beautiful locker room, beautiful beautiful everything. Now go work four weeks of indie shows, you know, in, in California and see some of these buildings these kids are working in or, or these horrible locker rooms and these promoters that are just not treating these, these wrestlers the right way. 
and how they make it peanuts. Drive in a car with some of these kids and see how there's four of them in a car scraping by and stopping at a Wendy's drive-thru and, you know, buying two hamburgers and splitting it four ways because they don't have a lot of money. Now, I kind of came up like this. So I have a certain respect for, you know, young men and women wrestlers that, that live this life. This is not an attack on any of these people that come through the performance center. I just think that they need to go and, and learn character and learn appreciation. So when they come back to the holy grail of NXT or Raw or SmackDown, now they appreciate what they have. Forget push, forget promos, forget athletes, forget bumping. As the person who works as a WWE independent contractor, I mean, if it's NXT or Raw SmackDown, now you have that certain appreciation because, you know, you see what it's like for others to struggle and grind that are your age. To me, that's a big time, big time, you know, character uh, uh, character thing right there. And, and you know, and, and I'll tell you, uh, that's part of the thing here. All can decide. I very rarely uh, put over my team here. Um, which they really don't deserve it. So, but I will put them over. Uh, and let's let's get Anthony up here for a minute. Just, uh, Ant, what's going on, buddy? So, the thing is, like, I got to say, like, you, Anthony, and you, Dennis, you guys, and I don't, I don't know Cowboy as well as I know you guys, but you guys have paid your dues as younger guys in this radio world, you know, as producers and grinding. And a lot of the things you guys both hear me saying about wrestlers that are on the independent scene, that are paying their dues, that are busting their ass, that are grinding and scraping, I assume both of you could relate to that from an pro- audio producer perspective, correct? Yeah, for yes. sure. Absolutely. It's radio. I mean, any any profession is tough to break into, radio especially because it's entertainment, so it, it, it bears a lot of similarities to wrestling. And it's tough. Like, you always joke about how every producer is a, a, a wannabe host or a failed host or whatever. And oh, I'm actually not joking. I no, mean, well, yeah, I'm yeah, actually yeah. shooting. Yeah. yeah. All right. Shoot <laughs> and, and there is there is a lot of truth to that. But at the same time, it's like it's fun to to grind and to earn that keep and build camaraderie. Like the team we have here is awesome. And every day, you want to get better. We want yes, to get better. Yes. And we're and we're we're all striving for the same goal. Well, and my it's point like, is, you you you. This is you're getting off what I'm saying, though, bro. What I'm saying to you, I have a question. Have ahead. either of you guys ever spent the night sleeping at the station? Yeah. Right. A lot, right? And and, <laughs> yes. and 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 you're making like tons of money. Have you come up making tons of money on these other shows? Uh, not yet. Right? Yeah, not even close. Um, but I and, and to not to get too much of a, but also like in the fact of you know the goal is to be on air one day, and then you see I don't want to like throw people in the bus, but you see someone like Chris Christie who's never spent a day in radio. And he's being thought of as somebody they could fill in for the biggest sports show it's host. Ridiculous! It's horrible! Yeah. It's horrible! Pays you got to pay some dues. Mm-hmm. I get your point. Or but, even be in the field. What's right. the uh, What's the radio equivalent of take a bump? We need to. You, I think you need to coin that phrase. Uh, yeah, I need to. I need to think about that for a second. But I, I something I don't want to get sidetracked. Anthony, do you just admit that you want to be on air eventually? You did just admit that, right? You just solidified my point I've been making out here, right? Well, I mean, I, I, I'm pretty sure we've had this. Co- not like that's not why I went came uh, here. It seems but like, like you, you know, we've that. had that conversation. No, before. I think you said your ultimate goal. Uh, let's my ultimate goal is to make sure. I seems like you said your ultimate goal is to be on air. 
Well, I mean, I, my real, because like Seth asks this question too, what's that game? My real goal is just to make sure I can take care of myself. Mm. But, you know. Good luck. Yeah, I, exactly. I wouldn't, have, story. I wouldn't <laughs> have gone the radio route if I wanted to just get into production. You know what I mean? Like, because wow. radio's not like, it's not the same as like working, because I, I work on like a digital side too. And now obviously I do video. It's not the same as working in other production companies. Because it's not a, a glamorous business. Bought in Massachusetts, you're on a Taz show. What's up, Bought? Good moment, Taz. Thank you for taking my call. I do appreciate that. You got it, pal. Um, so I just got two off-the-hook uh, topics i like to pitch to you, and I've devised a drinking game when watching the uh, Taz show live. Oh, I like this. Yes. Yes. I right, go ahead. Well, before we begin, I just also want to say your comments earlier on Alistair Black with the commentary thing is so spot on. Hmm. And time and time again on your show, when you bring up topics like that, it's like it just proves why you're so good at what you do. Um, it, it, it was something that I was thinking about when I watched the match last night, too. I was like, well, where, where do those questions go? They just kind right. of brush it under exactly. the... Exactly. Uh, You've got to answer the play-by-play guy's questions if you're the color commentator. And thank you for saying that. I appreciate it, Bart. Yeah, absolutely. So um, the off-the-hook ideas, I have um, wrestlers who are best known for their selling abilities. So but like but wait, hold on, Bart. We have a minor, just a minor issue. Someone's mad at you. Uh, it, and and it's, it's not me, Bart. Uh, we got Shane Scott here from the UK. He's on the, uh, he's on the Facebook Live screaming hack alert. He's screaming that you're hacking his drinking game. I'm just letting you know that. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, maybe the rules are different because now we have, uh, you know, different producers and stuff like that. So wow. let's wait on the hack until the actual rules are let out. Wow, look at this guy. I like Bot. He's fair succinct. is fair. Hey, Bot, I give you credit on that. You, yeah, yeah, that was the sink right there. That was just a shot right there. Boom, I got it. By the way, Sidetrack Jones, are you a uh, Patriot fan? Uh, yes. Did he take the balls and order the equipment guy to alter them? Okay, your time's running out, You are going to love this game, Taz. Okay, go, go. Let me hear it. Do it. Do it. Do it. it. Um, And then the other one has uh, merchandise off the hook for another off the hook idea. What about the game? Where's the drinking game? I'm waiting for the drinking game. It's coming up right now. It's coming right now. So so the first rule is 13 rules, obviously. Um, And the first rule is whenever Taz adjusts his microphone. (laughs) Right there, you're hammered. (laughs) You're drunk right on that. (laughs) (laughs) Number two, whenever there is a two-shot of Taz and Dennis for more than 13 seconds. I love it. I love this so far. Well, I'll tell you who doesn't love it. Shane Scott wants to beat your ass right now. I'm going to kick your ass. Oh, God. No, he's in the (laughs) U.K. Don't worry. He's in the U.K. He can't get to you. (laughs) Uh, Number three, whenever Dennis is shown on camera eating. Oh, you'll be bombed by seg two. All right, continue. (laughs) Number four, whenever Taz has his hand, not wrist, nor forearm, but palm of his hand uh, over his award for more than 13 seconds. Okay, I'm not touching the award right now just for that comment. I uh, yep. continue, wise ass. I'm starting to hate you. Yeah. Uh. Number five, whenever Anthony adjusts the camera to center Taz or Dennis. Oh, well, that's a whole nother. That's, that's a major issue. Uh, oh, and that yeah, was 13. That, that was 13. Wow. That's five. That's, that's five. <laughs> I go. That was thirteen. You go. That's five. Oh, I was close. Five, three, two, one. Test one, two. All right. What else? Six. We got whenever Cowboy makes an on-screen cameo. Ooh, that's a rarity. Yeah, that's a rare. By the way, we're fifth quarter city right now. You're welcome, CBS. Continue. I thank you. Number seven. Whenever Dennis is pointing at Taz with a pen while Dennis is speaking. I've never noticed that. That's interesting. Now let's get a shot of that. We got a two shot. You get Dennis eating and a pen. He's a jobber. And continue. What number <laughs> seven? What number? Yet? 
Uh, we're on eight. Oh, Whenever gosh. Nick from Salem calls, <laughs> and Taz pops from Nick from Salem more than three times. All right, what's nine? <laughs> uh, whenever Taz takes a sip of whatever he's drinking. Yeah, it's water. <laughs> I drink water, bro. I don't drink liquor. Yep. yep. Well, I mean, I know, but yeah. however it is, it, right. sometimes it's all it's, uh, Hulk juice, isn't it? Oh, yeah. At times, I do drink the Hulk juice. Yes, I do drink. Yeah. I, have, I, have had that, I have not had that in about a week and a half. But, yeah, I do drink the Hulk juice. Sometimes you get a little uh, agony. You get a little <laughs> taste. You know what I mean? You eat that. Drink that. Now, I could continue. Go ahead. Number 10. Whenever any lower third is up for more than 10 seconds. <laughs> Bro, you got too much time on your hands. All right, what else you got? <laughs> Whenever the rover flag comes unhinged from behind dinner. It <laughs> happened today, tremendous. <laughs> speaking of rover flags, bought, bought. Speaking of rover flags, sure. if they were for sale, would you buy one? That's the question. Would Absolutely, you? absolutely. Are you kidding? We bring it to the arenas. Yeah. That thing around. Could you imagine? Yeah, we might. There's a breakthrough maybe with the flags. It's been going on for a while. A lot of people. Love our hardcore fans of the show want the flags. And, and I found a breakthrough. Otherwise, they were going to be too expensive for you guys. But I think I found a company that's going to hook us up. All right, continue. What number are you on? Uh, 12, sir. All right, go. Uh, whenever the blue demon is shown on camera flickering. Oh, bro. He's, he's flickering at all times. All right, what else? And then lastly, number 13, uh, whenever Taz buries my beloved New England Patriots. Oh, Lordy B. That's stay night. <laughs> Hard. That's a lamp. Hey, listen, dude, you did a great job, Bart. I appreciate it, man. Yeah, man, I appreciate you taking my call. And as I said, just keep what you're doing, man. You're a phenomenal at what you do, and you always have been commentating, wrestling, top-notch, man. And that caller earlier saying, like, you're one of the best wrestlers, I, I highly attest to that, too. Man. Well, thank you so much, Bart. I appreciate that. Nice nice of you to call. Nice of those compliments, and nice of you to do that uh you know, gimmick statements, Fern and Burnham uh, drinking game, Jones. Uh, by the way, I got a text uh, during my diatribe about people paying dues. Look at the camera, sir. Look at the camera. Okay, this is about you, this text, uh, from none other than the KFJ, the original producer. Oh, this would be good. Oh, yeah, no, this is, uh, this is uh, basically. Here we go. He took a shot at you and just kicked you right in the taint. I mean, bad, bro. I mean, I'm talking bad. I have a steel taint, so yes. I can handle it. <laughs> No one cares. So I got to tell you, he really came here. I, I want to talk to Alex real quick, last caller of the day from Queens, and I'm going to tell you what Seth said to you, Dennis. Yes, what's up, Alex? Good moment, Taz. Good moment, Lumberjack. Good moment, my friend. I'm um, just giving a call to uh, talk about uh, the Mets and the uh, the seven line. Oh, jeez. Oh, I, I heard Mets. I choked. I got, I'm so pissed at them. Yeah, what about the seven line? Uh, yeah, I was watching the uh, show, the, um, the game the other day, and uh, they shot to uh, the seven line. They were in attendance at that game. Yes. And they had a huge Matt, Hart Matt Hardy cutout head. They did. They did. But, you know. Yeah. They had a huge Matt Hardy. I love it. I think that's great. Yeah, but if you're in a Mets game, if you have a wrestler's uh, head, you got to go with Taz. Come on. Yes, yes. Or Al Snow. Don't forget the joke. Uh, but, <laughs> yeah, no, I think you're right. I think you're right. I think I need to have, need to have a talk with the seven-line army, and uh, that's a little disappointing here. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I know Brian listens to the show on a regular basis, and uh, so. Brian, get on it. Yeah, he's one. Head. Yes, I think maybe, uh, maybe, yeah, I don't think that's, I think you make a good point. You know, Alex, I don't normally just think of me. I'm not self-centered and self-explicit, but I have to say that is disappointing to hear that it was Matt Hardy now, and I love Matt. Um, you know, and uh, and that's nice of you to call. I appreciate that very much. Thank you, Alex. Wonderful. Um, <laughs> all right, so Seth texted me before I wrapped the show up, and he said, 
Well, you're speaking about people who had stuff handed to them. Dennis had everything handed to him. Wow. That's a shot. Damn. I'm very, very curious as to why he thinks that. That's what he said, bro. Is Seth here yet? <laughs> it's, not, it's not 11 a.m. yet. Seth, no. yeah. <laughs> Mr. Four Hours. Guy works from 11 to 2. It's unbelievable. WrestleMania is longer than his <laughs> Take uh, that. Jeez. Uh, uh, then people start attacking your weight. Oh, um, that's low-hanging fruit. Yeah, it is. Uh, people here, yeah, I, I don't want to promote this, but oh, Mike he's Favio a fat, said. He's a fat redhead. He looks like a pumpkin. Yeah, Matt Favio said uh, hot dogs. He said something about hot dogs. He said I do corn love dogs, hot dogs. Corn dogs. No, I love corn dogs, But here's too. the thing. Yeah, people people attack your weight, and that's not right. You know, it's not. I think it's being serious. All can decide. I do. Because it's different. Uh, I, I don't attack your weight. I attack my I intelligence. Attack, no, I attack your intelligence. I do do that. I do. I Buddy do. is stupid. But I, I attack the way you look, not your weight. Will you stop? I mean, I, no, but I, that's a big difference, you know? Not that's, a big difference, but a difference. But the thing is about you, you know, what people don't know, and that's why I've been backing off a little bit, Health Food Jones. Yeah, you, you've lately been, and now that, that Chef Mike has disappeared, and he's gone <laughs> off to the rivers, of, the rivers of New Jersey, okay? He's floating off on some big ship. On New Jersey, on Lake New Jersey, and he's just floating south. Okay, he's gone. Yeah, nice he's gone. Boat. Your tugboat Jones, and and now that that's happening, now you eating healthy, you don't have Seth, uh, Seth, you don't have uh, Chef Mike giving you the, the food. You, you, you're gonna lose weight, and now these people are making fun of you. And I know you act like it's fun, fun Jones, but yet you are trying to lose weight. Not because <laughs> look, I'm just telling you. The answer is yes, but not because of the fan. Like, look, I have a very unique look, and it invites criticism. It's very easy to make fun of me. I'd be the no. first. I'd be the first to make fun of myself. Right. But the roommate is. <laughs> She's getting mad at you. She she buries me worse than anyone. Did she say if you don't lose weight, I'm going to dump you? No, no, no. She's she's a big. Uh, I don't want to be 40 and have to raise kids when dad died from a heart attack. Well, that's a good point. That's a good point. These so, guys are doing some serious hacking. So um, I've, I've had to clean up my act. Sorry about that. Um, okay. So I'm not. Seth came back with oh, that. Yeah, you're jealous. It. He said you're jealous. I don't know what jealous that means. Jealous of what? I don't know what he means by that. And uh, he's not happy that you stole the guy's food at the Yankee game. That, that seems like it annoyed him. Get over it, Seth. I'm just telling you what he said. Seth and I were supposed to. Uh, we were supposed to go today. We were going to go to the afternoon game today. You and Seth together. Yeah. Interesting. Let's get ready to snape it. And why didn't you do it? You said supposed to. It's because the rain. Uh, I today. I had. I had. Something to do to well, the game actually is canceled already. Why are you stumbling through this question? I asked you. Why are you well, you're lying about something? No, not at all. Schnitz, <laughs> Old school. Yeah, continue. I had uh, I have prior obligations. I forgot about. Oh, you and have then, no obligations. You got the you got no. the, the the roommates in in Tennessee still. Okay, you're running around your house. So what are you? What are you? What are you no, hiring escorts. What are you doing here? What's going on? Maybe. Let's get down to the, the seriousness of this. Come on. Let's get down to the nitty gritty. What's going on here, bro? I have to. I have to go upstate. I have to help my mother today. Oh, that sounds shady. I have no, to I go do. upstate. I do. I have to go to my mother's <laughs> house today. 
Oh, okay. Seth said you're jealous of his hours. Oh, that's well, what he said. We that's work the same amount of hours. His his are just later in the day. But he's the lead producer, so he's he, uh, he's the you know he's in charge. You know, if you think about it, he's the boss. Yeah. So if you guys mess anything up or anything he gets on, you botch something. There's a problem. That's him. Sets all over you. That's his gimmick. Strap your skin. Oh. So <laughs> he'll get all over you. You know what I mean? He uh, he cracks the whip. See, the thing. Here's the difference between you and Seth. You seem out of breath. No, I've got. <laughs> yeah, tell me the difference. Tell me the difference you mean, Seth. So, with you, you always you, you get mad that Aunt and I we like to have fun before the show, and then when you come in, it's we we switch to serious mode. It's because we know we know you're all business. With Seth, he wants to be our friends. Oh, he cracks a couple jokes with us. Yeah, he's texting me. Like Seth right now is texting me nonstop. Good morning, Hebrews and Shebrews. It's nonstop. And then all of a sudden, when it's time, he wants to be your friend until it's time to be your boss. Well, in the and words of Mark Loth, this is, I think, what Matt Hardy said to Seth when he was on the show. He called him uh, an obsolete mule. I think that's what happened. That's that what happened on his- on his tombstone. I think that's what happened. Good morning, Hebrews and Shebrews. So what were you saying about Seth and me? What? You, you, you're all business all the time. So we know what we're we know what we're getting with you. Yes. Your baseline, consistent. Seth wants to be your pal. Hey, buddy. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> oh, who me? And then he's like, Hey, aunt, I need some, I need some video work. You need to cut it up right now. And it's like, Why, why when you I, he, that he talked I, to Andy, he, he turned, turned into, into he turned into that was weird. That was really strange. Well, because now it's tough, like. When, after when we're done with the post show meetings and is you this leave, long? are you going to go along with? No, this? we can only talk like Ann. It's 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 right. just it's so infectious. What happens down the post show meetings? What? So what? Like Seth will be, hey Ann, I need something, and he'll be like, yeah, what's up, boss? What what can I get you? And then I'm like, who the hell? Like it's yeah. it's a mess. I love China. I got it. I understand. <laughs> One of my favorite foods. I understand. Yeah, you guys. I don't know what happens when I leave. Here, oh, it but gets it, it's it gets bad. wild. I know it does. I love China. I know it does. I know it gets wild. You know, and and now I got the guy a steady diet of texting me, and it's annoying. It's like nonstop, dude. You know, and and, and then later he'll he'll tell me, you know, I was just joking. <laughs> you know, that that's what he'll do. You know, that's that's what I that's what happens. Uh, it's unbelievable. I got people on Facebook Live just saying stuff here. They hate everybody. They love me, but hate all you people. Yeah, it's annoying. Then there's something wrong with you. You're certainly not very good. Heard that before, sir. Okay, I guess I got to get ready to wrap up here. It's that point in the show. You know what happens. Nobody closes a show <laughs> like you. <laughs> you you just feel you deflated. <laughs> uh, well, I guess that was it. Ah, oh, I just yeah, you know, I don't like the end of the show. I feel like. Well, I never know. I can walk outside, and I can, I can have a you know the wind whip along and take a stop sign, stop sign, and just slap me across the face and kill me. God forbid! But that could happen. I hope that doesn't happen to you. I know. So, look both ways before you cross the road. I know that's what you got to do. So I had some Johnny uh, text a nice tweet. Tweet, I tweeted, how am I doing? Jesus. Handsome Johnny tweeted uh, something nice that he misses the studio here, the gimmick clubhouse. <coughs> I was nice to him, uh, the handsome Johnny. He's the man, you know what I mean? Test one, two. It was nice of him to do that. These other guys don't do nothing. 
captain disappeared. And uh, video Brian on the Instagram, the IG as we call it. Uh, he's you know uh, droning it up. He's droning it up, but I, I he you know he likes a lot of my photos. I like his. And by the way, uh, I posted the picture earlier of the new We Over shirt. That's gonna we posted that here on the show here at the top of the show. It's also on my Instagram account. Go to T A Z T A L K Taz Talk if you want to see the new We Over shirt. If you didn't catch the beginning of this show, if you weren't watching the show, maybe you're just listening. It's going to drop on Tuesday. We will not have a show on Monday, Memorial Day. Sorry, but they have the building closed here. See, I got a nail chipped up on me here. Before I wrap up, Dennis, I'm dealing with a nail on my finger. I'll put it on the camera. Can you see the nail right here? It's yeah, like, can we get a... No, if we you can see that, it's the nail right here. Not this finger. It's this one right here. Okay, I'm yeah. looking. I see it. See, yeah, so I figured I'd tell yeah. you that. I it's right here. Look, this one. Oh, it's good. It's, can you see the top here? Not, not this one. Not that no, one. No, not no. this one. This is a dead hand. Look at the movement. That Look at one. that yeah. dexterity. <laughs> dead hand who? Uh, ooh, Seth just sent me something nasty about one of the former people on the show, but I will not repeat it. He's a mean prick. Jeez. <laughs> I do love that. <sighs> Darren Davies is saying name game, Taz, NG. Nah, nah. We're done here. Maybe tomorrow. No Katie tomorrow. By the way, that's good news. <clears throat> no, I love Katie. <clears throat> Nerd! Somebody no, takes the heat off me. No, Katie tomorrow. She's going on someone else's show. Rude. I'm not kidding. She is. I'm sure she'll get pushed like she gets pushed on this show. It won't be the same amount of people listening to it either. That's a whole other story. Mean Guy Jones. That's how I am. What are you going to do? All right. Well, that's it. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Talked about a lot of good stuff today. Oh, yeah. There was a lot of good insight, I thought. No? No, there absolutely was. But it's just, your, mm. your, your cool down period is second to none. You better get a shot because look, your flag just fell on the other side. Hey, go on to one of these guys. What's the guy bought in Massachusetts? He's <laughs> now, doing a Bart, shot right now. He's <laughs> Bart, I hope you're watching. Oh, that was funny. I, I, I have one piece of food left. I'm not going <laughs> to eat it right now. But just know it's in the hopper. Uh, Shane Scott just put on the uh, Facebook Live IG. He gets it. He knows the Instagram. It's all about the IG. A lot of good content on the IG, so make sure you go check it out. Taz Talk, T-A-Z-T-A-L-K. Uh, anyway... Uh, that's the deal. All right, another edition of the Taz Show is done. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow. Tomorrow's a Friday edition, I think, right? Yeah, Friday Jones. And I uh, hope you guys love the show. Spread the word. Share it. Like it on the Facebook, whatever the F you people do. Tell people what's going on over here. For everybody at the Taz Show, thank you. I'm Taz. You're not. Goodbye. My circle is getting smaller, all these people acting fake, man And to be honest, I don't even have a top ten Me against the world, I've been doing what I really love Haters been hiding behind the screen, man, they movie cuts And when I'm back at home, it never feels the same Cause we've been doing our own thing, trying to stay up I wanna go back to days with no grades We ordered the kids' meal, play ball, that's all day now I'm 
stuck looking at this Instagram page. But these likes on my picture don't result in getting paid now. I've been wondering where the party at, cause all of my concerns got me wondering where they got the Bacardi at. So going for another drink just to get away. We gotta live it up, Carolina here to stay. I'm up and now.